0: Hello, everybody, and welcome in to the Found Language Podcast. First of all, I want to thank you all for letting us be a part of your day, for a part of your Thanksgiving weekend, a weekend that was so very fun for me. I know it was for everybody else. Uh, For those of you joining me and all of us here in the studio for the first time, we are four friends from East Tennessee, and we love football, and even more so, we love to argue about it. So, with that being said, joining me as always from our remote location, secret disclosed location, we like to call it the Bat Cave, out of Washington, D.C., the lawman, reigning heavyweight champion of the law world, Matthew Phillip.
1: What's going on, everyone? Happy to be a part of this. I'm glad
0: you're here, Matthew. You know Ralph, I'm glad is here, my favorite asshole in the entire world, the guy sitting across from me, my brother, hashtag girl dad, Mr. Alex Stanley. Well
2: done.
0: Is that, is that all you're going to say after being well, off got, for two I weeks?
2: Got, I got plenty to say in the show, so I'm just I'm keeping it simple right now. Oh, we're going to get worked
0: there. up late. We're going to get there. And last, but most certainly not least, probably the most Important position, the guitarist of the band. The missionary position. The missionary. That's a great one too. Uh, he is. Well, in the last show, I called him the long-haired Adonis, and that is. That's that's not a stretch of the imagination. This this is a gorgeous man. This is Corey Owen set
3: inside. Thank you for that intro. That was was absolutely beautiful. But I would I'd have to say the drums is probably the most important uh, position in a band. And that means me. I'm your
1: host, Austin Stanley, and this is foul Language. So I'm going to go ahead and put Dak Prescott in the same category as I do Jimmy G and Kirk Cousins. I don't think any of them are going to win you a playoff game, but I think that they can make it to where they don't screw up and lose you a playoff game. I think of the the three teams that I just mentioned, the Vikings, 49ers, and Cowboys, I think of those three – I would say the Cowboys are the middle team as far as making a deep playoff run. i tell you what, and I got the watch the – I know it's the Saints versus 49ers, but that 49ers team is coming on right now. And they, I think they're going to be the ones that take over the NFC, and they're going to leave the Cowboys, and they're also going to leave the Vikings behind. I've always noticed that when it comes to playoff preparation and playoff time, it's those teams that are peaking – and having that spark right now as to who's going to carry you in a deep playoff run, which is why I'm not sold on Philadelphia yet. I'm kind of sold on the Cowboys like you were just talking about, and I'm sold on the 49ers, and I'm still not sold on the Vikings. Well, to to move forward
0: off of your point with the 49ers, I was talking to you about this earlier. Is this the best roster in the NFL? I mean, it's unbelievable what San Francisco's. And I know we watched them earlier. You know, they they had some trouble a little bit moving the ball today, but they got some injuries on that offense. But Matthew's talking about that defense, like I was with Dallas. This this is the type of defense that you have to play in the postseason if you want to if you want to get somewhere. It's an, it's
2: an extremely talented roster. I mean, you you got arguably the best non-quarterback. In the NFL, and Trent Williams, he's unbelievable. Christian McCaffrey. I mean, Brandon Ayuk is coming home. So, I, I, I'm not, I'm not willing to sit here and tell you that they're better than Kansas City. They have a better roster than Buffalo at this point, point. and I think, I think they're going up.
0: But one thing that they a big game next week. One thing that I find so impressive about San Francisco right now is how unbelievably good they always are on the road, even in Mexico City. They, I mean, playing out of their element doesn't seem to bother this team right now.
2: I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to argue with you, though. Is beating Arizona and Mexico City,
0: is that a – I mean, how big of a – Well, you look at all of their road wins this year, tough, tough wins, tough places to play. I mean, th- this just seems like a team to me, Corey, that – Moving forward, if Jimmy Garoppolo can do just enough to keep the offense scoring that this defense can handle, it's almost like the, the early 2000s Ravens team that won that Super Bowl. I mean, all, their offense was not as talented as this 49ers offense is, but this defense is very good. You got Fred Warner flying all over the I field. Charvarius Ward is playing unbelievable. Which I know they got some uh injuries in that secondary, but Nick Bosa. Man, come on.
3: I don't know what what how you feel about the forty nine score. I think you're right. Uh I think the defense could pull the offense to a Super Bowl or at least a deep playoff run. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't Flacco with that Ravens offense I can't remember the year, did was, he throw, he threw more interceptions and touchdowns in that season, right? Yeah.
2: Why the fact that Flacco had the Super Bowl ring? was is-
3: that's unbelievable, so why not Jimmy G?
2: But are we – are okay, are you – I mean, are we compare, are, are we saying 49ers defense is that good? I mean, I know they're really good. I are think, they that good? I think they are the best in the NFL right The now. best defense in the NFL. You think they're better than New England's defense right now? I think so. Yeah.
3: I also would say – yeah. Uh, I don't know if they're better than that Ravens team that won the Super this Bowl. Is, this but... is the
2: thing. I'm going to get into Jimmy Garoppolo later, trust me okay but this is the thing are you give me garoppolo can he win the super bowl
3: he can win it before kirk cousins wins it. All right. <laughs>
2: all right don't get me started on kirk cousins either i mean i don't want to get too angry <laughs> I, 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 I do got to go
0: home at some point well i also watched a good portion of that new england that minnesota game um you know, it seems kind of like a convincing win. I know there was some controversy at the end of the game. I go over that one a little bit for us Al.
2: Oh, well, what can you say? I mean, Bill Belichick said it all after the after the game, right? And basically, he said, "I'm, I'm, you know, just, I'm mm-hmm. not saying just parentheses, you know, cut all this out. Okay, <laughs> <me> start out." <laughs> So, I guess the first thing I want to say is Bill Belichick said it all when he basically said, fuck you, I'm not the ref. Go ask the ref if you want to know what happened at the end of the game. Okay. But Minnesota should have really dominated that game. I know me and you watched a lot of it together, and I kept telling you this is the limitations of Kirk Cousins. He actually ended up playing very well in that game. But you start to see some of the limitations with Minnesota – with Kirk Cousins and especially playing that good of a defense. New England has top tier defense. This is a fantastic this is not the team that you want to play late in the season. I thought it was a very good game. It probably the as exciting as it was, it was probably the least exciting game on Thanksgiving. I can agree, I can agree with that. I can
0: agree with that. Now today We've had some interesting things go on. I know the uh, the Sunday night game is going on right now. I will check the score of that in just a minute. I've
1: actually, uh, I'm going to go ahead and interrupt you there. Aaron Rodgers is in the locker room and is questionable to return uh, breaking ribs, and Jordan Love is about to come on the next drive right now as we speak. No, sorry, <laughs> uh, that's not good. Hey, I've got enough points. I still
3: got.
2: I, I... Uh, you're up over by six points right now, and it is. Uh... In the third quarter, so.
0: things are heating up in our fantasy league with the playoffs. to have a
3: tables match in here before the night's over. <laughs> <laughs> WWF stuff. So.
0: But the first thing I want to talk about um, is something I've been thinking about for a couple of days now. Matthew, this Cincinnati team has found their legs, they are coming on strong. Joe Burrow has proven that he can do enough to be right there in the thick of it again. And is this Cincinnati team heating up to make a postseason run, Matthew?
1: Well, you know, it's just like what I was saying earlier with the NFC. I think the same is true. uh, Whichever side of the coin you're looking at could be the AFC as well. But I think the one thing that is going to limit the Cincinnati Bengals is I'm still not sold on their offensive line. I mean,
0: that's a question I have for you all. You know, Joe Burrow has struggled this season with some turnover problems, fumbling the ball, throwing some pretty bad interceptions. My question is, are those problems him, or is it still a lack of protection of that front five? I'm
1: not putting that on him. I refuse to put it on Joe Burrow. I think he is. he knows he's about to get leveled, and he's trying his best to look at it. I don't have – the exact numbers in front of me, but I do know from, um, uh, man, what's the name of it? I think it's called Pro Science, Science Sports. I can't remember the reference, but he has one of the quickest uh, step backs to throw times in the NFL because he has the lowest amount of time before getting hurried, hit, or sacked. He's basically having to play like Ben Roethlisberger did in his past few years, where it was one, two, get rid of it. And it's not because that's the way the offense is designed, like in Pittsburgh's past. It's because he has no time to make any reads or anything. So if he's throwing off balance, or if he's throwing interceptions and turnovers, or if he's throwing behind on a quick slant, like I saw in the game earlier today, it's not him. I mean, yes, he's the one the releasing the ball. I'll, I'll give you that, but it is all his offensive line, and I'm I'm not sold on Cincinnati. They might be finding a spark, but they do not have the fire yet. When
2: a couple years ago, I was on the phone with Austin during the during the draft. I think I was in California or something. When uh, when the uh, Bengals drafted Jamar Chase and I was screaming at Austin, I was like, You got to draft an offensive line. You got to take an offensive lineman here. Not that Jamar Chase hasn't been great. Penny he, so hey, Sue was
0: still on the board.
2: Yeah, uh, Yes. And he has been fantastic. Okay? I told you that this is going to be a mistake. If you got Joe Burrow, you got to protect Joe Burrow. That has to be the most important thing. Now they're playing really great. My thing is, too, you got to get best player on their team is Joe Mixon. He's the best. He's the most dynamic back maybe in the NFL. People don't realize how good this man is. You got to protect Joe Burrow and you got to protect Joe Burrow by running the football as well. But, I mean, Corey, do you think that they have limited their Super Bowl window by not solidifying this offensive line around Joe Burrow?
3: I think they tried to get the line how they wanted to. It's just not meshing it. I, I, I feel like I've seen them improve over the past couple so of weeks, especially it, from week one. They look awful. Like, I, that didn't even look like a team that should have been playing in the Super Bowl week you think one. the talent's there. It just hasn't yeah, I do think the talent's there. But I, I think it'll take a couple more weeks before you really see a huge improvement or, you know, more of an improvement than what it was this week. But I do think they're – they're looking better, basically. I, just, I, I look at it as it's kind of gambling, isn't it? Kind of gambling with Joe Burrow. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, the the first year when he, when he tore his ACL, right. you're like, immediately, I was like, well, there's another 13 years of the Bengals sucking. But
2: Bengals fans have had some hard times. <laughs> no, we can, we as can as make as it to a wild card. Yeah, but, that's true. You know, we got to the Super Bowl.
3: Yeah.
0: You look at Cincinnati as a whole at this point, and what impresses me so far is what they've been able to do and continue winning football games, Matthew, with Jamar Chase on the sideline. Now, when he comes back, I mean, if they're right in the thick of it in the playoffs.
2: Let me interrupt you. That was my point
3: before Matthew goes on. They're this good without Jamar Chase. Exactly. And I'm going to interrupt you because, well, I'm not. I'm going like, yeah, that's right, but I didn't think about this. Their defense, yeah, right. <laughs> their defense. I mean, their defense is pretty damn good. Like, you need to talk about them too because they held Derrick Henry under like, what was it 38 yards? Yeah,
2: no, they they have a really good defense. But uh, like Matthew said, that's the that's the, that's the Achilles' heel of this team is this offensive line.
3: Yeah. They
2: went
0: to the Super Bowl last year. This is a good football. Team. This is a team that Joe Burrow got sacked nine times. <laughs> in the AFC, uh, to, to take their – when the, when Cincinnati made it to the AFC championship, right, in that game where they played Tennessee, Joe Burrow was sacked nine times, and they still won that game. They're loaded
2: top-to-bottom talent. This is as talented as a roster. He's talking about San Francisco. This is as talented ever a roster as is there is.
0: Well, and we and we can't go on talking about Cincinnati without talking about what Smaj P Ryan has done these past two weeks with Joe Mixon out. Oh, he's got five touchdowns in two weeks as a backup halfback. Four of them are through the air. I mean, this guy talk about a reliable have half, second screen halfback. I oh, mean, totally. you you got him coming in. You feel good about it. You feel really good. About it. I want to I dive into Dallas a little bit right now. We got to talking about them, and it got me excited. We haven't talked – I haven't got to talk shit about Dallas in a long time. Uh, a lot of you Dallas fans are going to realize pretty quickly that I am not a fan of the Cowgirls. Um, me and my brother here usually have a lot of bad things to say about the Cowboys, and that's how I want to start off. I want to talk about how many penalties this offense has. Uh This is the most penalized team in the NFL. 95 penalties going into this week's game. They have a great defense. We've talked about that. But I want to talk about the guy at the helm, Dak Prescott. Does Dak Prescott have it up top to win a championship, Alex? Is Dak Prescott prepared? Is the the rest of this team around him? Does C.D. Lamb have it up here? I'm going to say –
2: Dak doesn't have it. This Dallas team, what have we been saying for years? Why is this team not in the Super Bowl? This is the most talented team. Well, look, at, look at top to bottom of this roster. It's scary. What's the problem? Well, there's a couple of problems. First and foremost, even more so than Dak Prescott, is Mike McCarthy. I've never been a Mike McCarthy guy. I don't, I've I have gotten headaches, migraines. This man watching this man coach football, coach or call plays, it is an insanity. the The way that he goes about utilizing the talent that's on his team, and I know it's Jerry, it's Jerry's world. Mike's just trying to squirrel, trying to get a nut, right? right. But still, I don't like Mike McCarthy. I don't believe that they're ever going to win a Super Bowl with Mike McCarthy. I believe this whole thing with Mike McCarthy is just buying time until. Sean Payton's available, which I who I personally think will be the next coach of the Dallas Cowboys. I don't I don't get all the criticism with that with that. I think that there has been a lot of injury concerns. He's had some he's had a rough go. The dude's a he's a super good guy. He works hard. I mean, I think he's. Why do you look at him and you're like, there's so many problems here. He's not. It's, he's not the guy that you look at that's going to be – he's that good to take – he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to take us to a Super Bowl. Matthew, I mean, do you see it? Do you When you look at Dak Prescott, do you think this guy's a Super Bowl winner? This guy's going to be an MVP of the league, Super Bowl MVP? Is this the guy? I just don't see it when I look at Dak Prescott.
1: Well, you, you know, I, I, I don't see it either. But I, I think to win a Super Bowl, not – everybody needs to be a Patrick Mahomes level. And I know that's, I know that's not what you you
2: have have to have Patrick Mahomes
1: moments. Yeah, absolutely. You've got to have those moments. I mean, it's, it's the national football league when it comes down to crunch time and there's 30 seconds left on the clock and you're driving and you're out of timeouts. Who are you going to rely on the quarterback? And I don't think that Dak Prescott is the person that can lead you in those scenarios and those Patrick Mahomes-like moments that you're talking about. I don't think that it's necessary to be in Mahomes, but it is necessary to have those sparks, to have that fire like I was talking about earlier in order to ignite those around you to be able to carry you through a long playoff run. And that's just not gonna happen with Dak Prescott. I don't I don't know what the answer is. I mean they've already signed him to a gigantic deal and he's eating up so much cap space. But I mean, you know, we've seen the Los Angeles Rams say, ah, salary cap, whatever. So who knows? Something might happen in the future with Dak Prescott. We'll see. I don't I don't think it'll happen uh, I, I give it two years. I'd say he's not on the hot seat yet, but his, his seat isn't ice either. He's somewhere lukewarm right now, we'll say.
2: Is the, is the criticism, is it more, or are we overly critical of Dak? No. Because, I, I, no I, mean, I mean, do you not think that him playing, being the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, do you think that adds any level, more level of criticism to your job? Yeah. Well, when you're the
0: quarterback of America's team, right? There's a certain level of expectation that you are that you have to meet, right? Not only with America's team wearing that star on your helmet, but the owner who is way too involved in every aspect of everything that happens with this team. And I understand he's the owner; he can do whatever he wants to do. It's his baby, but there's, there's a lot of problems internally, and there always has been with this Dallas team, right? That's been a problem moving forward for a long time. But one thing you've got to look at is the skill positions that they have. C.D. Lamb, Tony Pollard coming into his own, Corey called that one, um, Zeke is – I mean, that's a great one-two punch in that backfield if Zeke stays healthy. It's, Imagine if Zeke being your
2: – Zeke your should be the –
0: 1A or 1B. Right. I mean, right. right.
2: That's impressive.
0: And think, think about teams that we've seen offenses be able to excel without fantastic quarterback play, right? They never win Super Bowls. You never win a Super Bowl that way. So it does, it feels like no matter how great this team is around him. And I personally think CD Lamb is a fantastic receiver. I'm not taking anything away C.D. from C.D. him. A he he drops way too many passes. He has, he, he, ha, he can't hold on to the ball. And it always seems to hit him in the worst situations. And
2: hey, there's a lot of contested passes. It is. I agree with, that. I, agree with I, that. I mean, John Madden used to say, right, if you could put one finger on the ball, you should catch it. I mean, that's a little rough, John Madden, RIP. We love you. But, I mean, that's, that's a little – I mean, we are very critical of Dallas Cowboys. Do you? I mean, are we not? I think everybody
3: is critical of Dallas Cowboys. Uh, it should be that way. Uh, are the Cowboys cursed? Think about it. C.D. Lamb, like you're talking about dropping passes and in critical moments. Des and we can, I was about to say that, Dez Bryant had the same exact problem yeah, for years. It wasn't just one one situation. Yeah. Michael
0: Irving told the future of that team for cocaine. <laughs> I
2: think we're going to have to cut that
0: out. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, moving, moving forward, though, all of the Cowboys, we'll give them a rest for a minute. Um. A game that we got to watch most of. Um, Very exciting ending to this Buccaneers and Browns game. Uh, Browns win it in overtime. Huge pass to Amari Cooper down the sideline uh, by Jacoby Brissett. Um, Nick Chubb pounds it in. But I want to talk more about the Buccaneers, Matthew. Matthew. Uh, They seem to have found their legs, I mentioned this a little bit last week, without Leonard Fournette, with Leonard Fournette being out, Rashad White is still running all over the place, and you know Tom Brady is at his best when his running game is on fire. Okay, so with this backfield picking up Steve Matthew, is this, like, are the Buccaneers back? Is Tom Brady going to go on a run here? Is this possible?
1: If they had won today, I would say yes. But I think they are a game too late and a dollar short, and I don't. I don't see, you know, the the only way that they're going to make it into this is because their division's so weak. But I don't see them going far in the playoffs. I don't see them making it past the first round, and it's because there's other teams in the NFC that have a little bit better of a record. They are picking up steam that I mentioned earlier, um, but I I think that. White is doing a great job in the backfield, and if there is one thing Tom Brady loves in the playoffs, it's checking down to his halfback. Rightfully so, not knocking on him at all. You know, check down and live for another day. But I think if we do see a deep playoff run, it's going to be because of the backfield. It's not going to be because of Mike Evans. It's not going to be because of Chris Godwin. And they're going to make their plays, rightfully so. But if they can get the backfield going, Tom Brady's going to be happy, and they can make a deep playoff run. But I don't, I don't think they will personally.
0: Well, Alex, another close game we got to watch a little bit of was the uh, Chargers and Cardinals, ending twenty-five to twenty-four. Chargers get the victory. What does this mean to you? what What do you take away from this game?
2: Well, watching a lot of this game, the thing I took away the most was. These teams aren't as good as we thought they were gonna be when started. Um, obviously more so the Cardinals. But I think everybody was uh, expecting quite a bit more, you know, from from the Chargers. Yeah, I know I was and, and that AFC West as a whole has been
0: surprising, but well you gotta think how much the early injury affected Justin Herbert. I, I mean, I think he's I Maybe he's not he's healthy.
2: Injured. I think he's still injured, and yeah. I, I don't think he's 100%. I, I'll say this, and I'm sure this will make Matthew happy. Yeah, it was good to see Keenan and Allen get back.
0: 100%. That's huge for that offense, Matthew. Yeah.
1: That's huge and, for Matthew Chapman. That's that's <laughs> huge for
2: huge for the Santa Cruz banana slug. <laughs>
1: there you go.
2: Um, no, I I, I like I liked what I saw today. It's it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough sledding for the Chargers going forward to, to get into
0: the playoffs. Well, you, you, were, you were talking about Sean Payton a minute ago, and I mentioned this to you earlier. Uh, this is a conversation we can get into a little bit here. I'd like to hear everybody's opinion on this one. Um, I'll start with you, Corey. I I just have a weird feeling that this Chargers team has disappointed to an extreme point at this point in the season. Um. And what I take away from a lot of it is Brandon Staley's decision-making is going to be his downfall. And I believe if the Chargers do miss the playoffs this year, which I believe they're sitting in a wild-card spot right now, but if they do happen to miss the playoffs this year, I personally think Brandon Staley will be fired, and I believe Sean Payton will be the next head coach of the
3: Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah, I can see that. Um, honestly, Sean Payton just could pop up anywhere at this point. He's the he's the golden
0: goose. If you're Sean Payton, you want to go to an organization that has a young superstar. Oh, yeah, especially sports.
3: like with Justin Herbert. Yeah, why would you not want to go there? He's got Eckler. I mean, he's got an offense. I feel like it's similar to what it was in New Orleans. One of the best young offensive linemen in football. Yeah. You know, I mean – I, I I think Dallas
2: because what Jerry's going to offer, Tom something. I mean, Jerry's astronomical. Gonna, he's <laughs> going to throw the, he's the keys gonna throw to the, the fucking ball. I yeah. mean, he, he's going to get it all. So, that's why I think. But I personally moving to San Diego or moving to Dallas. No offense, Dallas people, but I'm I'm going to San Diego. I mean, uh, uh, you know, but the money. The money that Jerry's going to throw at Sean Payton is whew. Matthew. I mean, where do you? What do you take? Would you? Would you take right now? You're you're going to be the coach on one of these two teams. Okay, going to go out to San Diego or L.A. Not San Diego. I'm still getting used to that. You going to go out to L.A. Go to Chargers? or you going to go take the take the Cowboys? Where would you go? Do, uh, the
1: question is, do I want money? and to be micromanaged by an 89-year-old man, or do, <laughs> I, do I want less money, young quarterback, and Austin Eckler?
3: I'm is going Give me the money, baby. This Give is me a, the money. This
0: is a Los Angeles market. It's not like Sean Payton's going to be making six figures a year in Los Angeles. I mean, he's going to be making millions of dollars still. I mean, the Chargers have the better team. If you look top to
2: bottom, and what they've had, in, they've had a lot of injury problems. They have the better team, but if you're just strictly talking about money, which is what it comes down to for a lot of these guys, as it does all of us, Jerry's going to throw the whole proverbial the branch.
3: Right? Do you think Sean Payton has an ego? Like, do you think he all would go to? I mean, how job. big do you <laughs> think it is? Do you think he would go to the Cowboys to try to prove a point and say, "Well, Dak is"? A, a quarterback that can win a Super Bowl, and Zeke is this good, and you know there's nothing wrong with Jerry, and I'm going to send I this team to Super if Bowl. There
2: is a coach out there that's going to get the best out of Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, all these guys. It's Sean Payton on the offensive side of the ball. The thing about Sean Payton going to any of these teams, you have to have a strong defensive coaching system already in place. He's not a defensive coach. He's he's going to come in and he's going to put this insane, ridiculously hard to prepare for offense together. But the defense is. But this is. Let's not forget. Look at the stars on this Dallas defense. I've been very critical of Trayvon Diggs. It keeps proving me wrong time and time again. Right? I don't know. This is a good football team. I think it is going to be interesting. I personally. Have the Cowboys make into
1: the NFC
2: champions at this point. Playing who? I
1: don't want to reveal that yet. I've got a scenario for you guys how Sean Payton used to have the Taysom Hill packages with the Saints. Can you guys imagine Austin Eckler in those Taysom Hill packages as strong as he is and just how huge his lower body is? Can you guys imagine that? Or vice versa? Let's talk about the same. Uh, thing with the Cowboys. What about Zeke taking a direct snap and going up the middle out of the tight formations? I- Imagine Tony Pollard <laughs> yeah. working
0: out of that formation.
3: So, does Sean Payton want to go to L.A. and have an offense that he could already work with, or does he want to go to uh, mm-hmm. Dallas and just helicopter it around and uh, have a good defense?
2: Helicopter. <laughs> well, I- I like uh, – I, I, <laughs> I like I – like, I mean, what Matthew said gave me chill bumps almost. As, as, I love Austin Eckler. He is one of my favorite players in the NFL. And when Matthew said that, I said, oh, oh baby, I love it. You know? And I'm going to ask Austin Eckler. Matthew brings up a good point. He has ab. Like, <laughs> it, he is one solid ab. Like, it is the damnedest thing I've ever seen. But it's one solid rack of muscle, but then he's like got painted like lines. He's got sheet metal
3: like, implants. Yeah, it's,
2: it's fucking ridiculous. This dude is enormous. Wasn't they used to call David Johnson the muscle hamster? Monster? was
0: that <laughs> David Johnson? Yeah, I think he would walk in and he'd be like, The does. <laughs> well, moving on, you know, we saw a pretty convincing win from the Dolphins today, you know. It feels good. We say it every week, and that's something we haven't been able to do in 25 years is say it feels good to be a Dolphins fan, but it feels good to be a Dolphins fan right now, Alex. Now, I know we did bench our starters about after the first drive in the second half, so what did you see today coming off of a buy from this Dolphins team moving forward? This is a good coach football
2: People were going to be uh, overly critical about him pulling out the starters as early as he did. The game was over. It was 30 to nothing. Um, Mike McDaniel is a great coach. He had these guys. This is a letdown game if you're not
0: prepared for it. It almost happened to the Eagles
2: Uh, against Houston. Absolutely it did. Um, This is a good coach football team. Two is great. Irene two. Left the game early uh, with muscle cramp. Um, and while these guys, this is a good sure football team. team. Uh, they can't score a touchdown without two in the game. They can't score a field goal without two in the game. This is how good this guy is playing. Um, where, where do you go? Next week, I'm telling you. When we do this, when we do it next week, and I don't want to jump too far ahead, but that Miami and San Francisco game is a fucking awesome wait. game. I can't wait to watch it's that game. In in uh, almost called a candlestick, y'all can tell I'm older than you are. I mean, <laughs> I mean uh, Levi Stadium, right? Yeah. It's going to be an awesome game. These are two great young coaches, great young football teams, extremely talented rosters. This could be the Super Bowl match. This could be this could be a Super Bowl matchup happening in the regular season. Uh, one
0: thing too is people that that are Dolphins fans and they've heard us talk about it on the show before. You know something's happening with that defense. Finally, that defense is starting it's to. I, I know it was Houston against Kyle Allen at quarterback. This is still, an NFL still an NFL, team. still an NFL team, one hundred percent. So you know, Bradley Chubb, he's. He's picking it up. You know, Jalen Phillips is turning it on. Cater Kohu, I, I think he had like 12 tackles today. The kid's unbelievable, and I don't even know where he came from. So, I mean, th- this, this team, it's looking good. I don't want to talk. I don't want to be overly biased and have too much, you know, talk too much about the Dolphins. I want to spread it around here. So, another AFC team, Matthew, AFC East team, I should say, Matthew, A lot of controversy coming out of last week into this week with these New York Jets. They find a way to win the game with Big Dong Mike White, 466 yards and three touchdowns. This dude is a fucking
1: hero for the state of New York, Matthew. You know, he did the exact same thing last year in the first game. And I actually had a chance to watch some of that game today because Buffalo wasn't playing And he played this game the exact same way that he did the last game. He checked down to his halfback first, second down, every single time that it was a passing down, and then on third, he let it rip. Just like he did last year. He did the exact same thing, which is what teams caught on about two games later when he started, and I'm not surprised if his... Uh, Successfulness and passing yards dips over the next coming weeks if in fact he is the starter I hope it doesn't this kid has a great story, and I'm excited to see it But i'm not i'm not sold on it yet But my goodness the dude was letting that thing fly today, and I think I did see a little bit of uh, Improvement from last year as far as you know Getting the ball down the field and not checking it down to the halfback, which is why their halfback had so many yards today But, you know, I'm all for Mike White. Uh, Poor poor Zach Wilson. Sorry for anyone that's invested in his rookie cards. Um, You know, such is life.
0: Speaking of rookie cards, new video out on the YouTube channel at Foul Language Rips. Go check that out, like, and subscribe. Please just have to throw that in there real quick. What I want to say, though, my wife is probably going to be upset for me even mentioning this because she had Garrett Wilson on the bench today. Top loss, Ashley, shout out. You got to win next week. Matthew, you ruined her playoff hopes today. I just hope you know she's very upset at you. But Garrett Wilson, this guy, I mean, he's been on the verge of becoming a superstar. I told you earlier today, I personally think Chris Olave is the best rookie receiver in the NFL. What he's doing down there in New Orleans is wild. But Garrett Wilson is a super I mean, he's becoming a superstar. And what's scary is if they figure out a way like Mike what Mike White did today to get Elijah Moore more involved in this offense, we've seen what he did at Ole Miss. This guy's talented. I mean, they've got a good receiving core. The problems with Zach Wilson though. What do you do at quarterback? I mean, we heard Robert Silas say this is not the end of his career in New York. So he'll be back, right? No. You don't, yes. uh, no. You don't come back
2: from this in New York. You don't come back from this in Philadelphia. You might come back from this in Minneapolis. You might come back from this or in, in Dallas. I mean wherever you don't come back from this in New York. You're done. Look at what happened to Geno Smith. You don't come back from this. It would be different if he was an asshole and he was playing good, but he can't you can't be an asshole and the play like second I overall
0: pick though.
2: I must have been I'm telling you from experience, you don't come back from this. Well, he's obviously lost the
3: locker room, right, Corey? Um, yeah, he's I think he's traded. He, he's traded. My oh my goodness. Trading
1: your second oh my
3: goodness.
0: Well let, let's talk about the the problem here and there was questions of it, right? Since he's been drafted. What's this kid gonna be like in the locker room? And we found out it, it's a maturity problem, right? It's Man. Baker Mayfield all over. Well, you look at it, and I kind of put these pieces together this week. Um, different things I've heard and different things I've read. I mean, not to dog on the guy, but he's kind of been, you know, he's a silver spoon kind of kid. You know, his uncle is the owner of a massive airline. Um, think about it. He's good-looking dude, quarterback all his life, born into money, He's been handed everything his whole life up to this point. In sports, it seems, right? You can't argue that he hasn't worked hard. He has. He has, 100%. But do you think it's almost a sense of entitlement? I'm a quarterback. I was the second overall pick to the New York Jets. This is my team, and I can do what I want with it. That's really, and he learned
2: real quick that don't blame. I mean, if you fuck up what he had, they had two yards in the second half. Of that game?
0: Am I right? It was two yards, right? He threw nine completions. (laughs) They punted the ball 10 times. You can't come out and say, This
2: was on me. That's what a good quarter, that's what a good leader does. You come out when you play like that, you say, This was on me. You don't come out and refuse to accept responsibility for that.
0: But like Matthew just said, we've seen Mike White do this before. So, you roll with Mike White? Are you accepting defeat at this point, basically? I mean, they are a playoff team at this you point. You tell me at what point you
2: think Mike White should be taken
0: and, oh. and, and put Zach Wilson back. What do you take Mike White out? in the injury part of it, this is the same situation Dallas went through at the beginning of the season, right, with Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush played unbelievably. So this is, in my opinion, Corey, what's going to happen with this situation in New York is – They're going to play Mike White until Mike White fucks up, and then it's Zach Wilson's team. again.
3: I don't even know if he fucks up, they'll put Zach Wilson back in. They might just leave Mike. I mean, if if they really don't want Wilson on the team or they feel like he's a problem or whatever the scenario is, if he's going to be out, then they're just going to roll with Mike White, make the playoffs or not. And and to your point, we only know what's been released. We don't know how bad it actually is in that locker. Yeah, we don't no know if this
2: is. A... going to come out and say, oh, he's a big hole. I don't want to ever see him again. No, he's going to say,
3: yeah, he's we're gonna We're going to try to make it work. Uh, it don't work. I mean, he, he might, a... they might not trade him. He could be benched and he's going to hang out until, you know, they want to put him back in over Mike White. But...
0: Matthew, you've been quiet on this subject. I feel like you have a strong opinion here.
3: I've got a couple different thoughts going
1: back and forth in my mind right now. One is I, I don't trust Mike White. Um, I think we might see the exact same thing with Cooper Rush. You know, this is uh, this is the NFL. The, the margin for error is extremely, extremely small, which is crazy to me because you've got these first-string quarterbacks on 32 NFL teams, and we think, my gosh, these guys are good. And then that second-string guy is sometimes just as good or even better. Per, a perfect example was today with Mike White, but we'll see how – Bright that star shines, and for how long? I'm gonna go ahead and say the over/under on this is three. <laughs> I'm gonna say three games for Mike White, and then he's out, and then uh, Zach Wilson's back in. But that's just me. That's just.
0: I'll take the, I'll take the under on that.
2: So I'll take the, the under
0: from Dallas
2: New York. That fresh are we really gonna sit here and compare Zach Wilson to Dak
0: Prescott? Because it's there's no comparison. He's not gonna close. Zach
2: Wilson's not Dak Prescott.
0: No. Dak's healthy. You put him in the game, right? And there's that massive contract on Dak's back too, right? That Zach Wilson doesn't have. So we'll we'll move on from that yeah, There's a lot of a lot of things still to figure out in New York. Um, the Chiefs with a. Uh, Seem to be pretty easy win over the struggling struggling Rams team right now. Um, You know, I personally think that the Chiefs are the best team in football, Um, and I think that there's not too many people that close. Uh, There's a handful of teams right now, Philadelphia being one, Miami being another, Buffalo being another, that I feel like can really compete with this Kansas City team. I mean, this is a high-powered, fast-moving team, and, Corey, I know you're right in the thick of it with your tight end one, Mr. Travis Kelsey. So, he's just unbelievable. Go go ahead and give us a little rundown of how you feel about these
3: Kansas well, City Chiefs. He right wasn't there. my tight end until about week four. And I, mean, I got him from you, actually. That was a great trade. I ended up with <laughs>
0: Tyreek Hill, so it was that pretty... Was, I mean,
3: I, I needed a, yeah. I needed a better tight end anyway. So, yeah, it was a win-win for both of us. But uh, going, I'm on a time travel here, going back just about 20 minutes ago when we talked about the Chargers. That's before the season started. That was my Super I bet I put a dollar on it. That was it. But that was my Super Bowl winner was the Chargers. And now I've changed it to the Chiefs. Experience. I think the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. Experience, right? Now, yeah. You don't – I mean, it's it's time for Patrick Mahomes again. You, you this a this is the next guy Tom guy Brady. A guy that's like, a, whoa. No, I mean – <laughs> oh, oh, Maybe no. – Let's maybe, let me rephrase that it, it, as in returning to playoffs no, going to I, Super Bowls I and maybe winning. I, I agree.
2: This yeah. guy is. No matter what you think, no matter the odds are stacked against him, that it could be injuries, it could be the weather, it could be you're playing against a great team in Buffalo. dude's just a
0: winner. He just wins football games. That's all he does. Well, and you look at it, Matthew – Going off of of the Tom Brady thing that, that Corey just mentioned is when we're talking about expectations of young quarterbacks that are coming into this league right now, you know, we're talking about Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's no Patrick Mahomes. You see what we're doing already? I mean, this is a guy. This is generational talent. When you talk about generational talent, you think of Patrick Mahomes right now. But I want to, I want to ask you all another question here, and I know you you are going to argue with me on this. We've already got into it a little bit. All right. At the family, the Stan family Thanksgiving we had this evening, it was wonderful, fantastic food. I am still in a food. That broccoli casserole. It was unbelievable. Oh. Once again, shout out, mom. Unbelievable broccoli casserole.
2: casserole. Oh my god, mom. That broccoli casserole.
0: Matthew, is Travis Kelsey the best tight end that's ever played football? Because I think he is.
1: Uh, Yeah, honestly. Let's go ahead and crown him. Let's give it to him. You know, there's no more hesitation. He is the greatest tight end to ever play the position in the NFL. I think there are some very, very close seconds, but there is no one better than Travis Kelsey. He, To me, to be the greatest at your position in the NFL – uh, you've you've got to change the position, right? Exactly. You've got to do something that no one else has done before you. And in my opinion, Travis Kelsey did that. He
0: Travis, Travis Kelsey is the prototype for what you expect out of tight ends. Look at the tight ends that are are being drafted high in the past five years. Dallas Goddard, TJ Hawkinson, George Kittle, Isaiah likely, the the backup in Baltimore. What are these guys capable of doing? They're fantastic blockers. Run after catch is the best. Travis Kelsey, I told you earlier, not only is he the best tight end in the NFL right now, he's a top five receiver in
1: the NFL. Right. And I think that's that's getting back to what I was saying, uh, which is you've got to do something, in my opinion, that no one else has ever done. And he molded the tight end position to where you can not only be a great blocker, and not ever take a playoff, but you've also got to be one of the greatest receivers, period. Not just the greatest pass-catching tight end, but the greatest receiver, period. And I think that's, you know, let's talk about this. The tight end might be the most underappreciated position in the NFL. You cannot take a playoff ever. Like sometimes you see receivers that are the X or not necessarily the slot, but they might be the X or the Y, and they take plays off all the time if it's a halfback dive inside. You're telling me that Travis Kelsey is going to take that play off when you hand the ball off to Kansas City's halfback? No way. That's why I think that he has solidified himself as the greatest tight end in the NFL. He's great. He's great. I'm not,
2: I'm not arguing that. He's a 1st ballot Hall of Famer. Tony Gonzalez is the greatest tight end that's ever played.
1: And and That's my second. I can
3: see you
2: it. You talk about people that, that are revolutionary in the in, in the position or revolutionary in the sport. Tony Gonzalez was doing this before coaches even knew what the fuck to do with the tight end. They're like, do we make him block? Do we have him run out? No, Tony Gonzalez was revolutionary. And, and he's the greatest to ever do it. I'm not taking nothing away from Kevin. Kelsey's not a fantastic block. If you watch, if you look at the difference between Travis Kelsey and George Kittle blocking, it's not even close. Kittle is 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 the best blocking tight end.
0: I can agree. I don't. I, I can't argue that at all. George Kittle is unbelievable. Yep. But George Kittle molds his game around Travis Kelsey. Third. But I I can agree with you on the point that there would be no Travis Kelsey type of tight end without Tony Gonzalez. He was he revolutionized that position on the football field. He made it possible, but Travis Kelsey has perfected it. And let me put it to you this way. You put Antonio Gates on this
2: Kansas City team right now, the stats are exactly the same if
0: not better. I disagree. I disagree. Travis Kelsey is a magician when he gets the ball in his hands. It's it's something it's it's a work of art to watch a guy that size catch the ball and score. I mean, it's it's so fun. and how much of it is Patrick Mahomes, too? They'll run right after the catches. But you look and at, Andy Reid, this is not let's not undersell Andy Reid here as one of the best play callers ever. Well and you know, go, going off of another comparison here is, you know, somebody who I think is is probably rounding out the top three, it just depends on what order you put them in, is Rob Gronkowski. And the question behind Rob Gronkowski is, would Rob Gronkowski be that top three tight end if it hadn't been for the connection with Brady? It's the same thing with Patrick Mahomes, right? You're not taking anything away from Rob Gronkowski. He's one of the best to ever do it but he had Tom Brady. Travis Kelsey's one
3: of the best to ever do it, and he's got Patrick Mahomes. That's something you'll never know. That's just you can say that all day about anybody, any running back, receiver, tight end, quarterback, but you just can't. It's hard to make a comparison like that and say, well, how good would he be without Mahomes or how good would he be with Mahomes or Brady or whoever? Right. I think you got to talk, too, on why we're talking about Kansas City, is the
0: emergence of Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah. Dude, he's explosive. I mean, and how good is Andy Reid at finding the this type of player? You're going to replace – he wears the number 10, he runs like Tyree I Keel? I think I said
2: this uh, last week or the week, first podcast whatever, that it doesn't matter what you do well, Andy Reid will find it. And get the best out of it. He's he's unbelievable. He can he gets the best out of his guys. He look, look, Patrick Mahomes is great. Travis Kelsey is great. Andy Reid is also great. I love Andy Reid, man. Me
0: too. Former formerly coached by Andy Reid, the Philadelphia Eagles just went up forty to thirty with a minute and eighteen left. Green Bay has the ball, third and fourth. At
1: Philadelphia's fifteen. And I've, I've been watching this as we've been talking. Jordan loves killing it right now. I'm not tell, sure.
0: Tell us a little bit about uh, the Aaron Rodgers saga, Matthew. A little little more into that. Have you found anything else about the injury problem?
1: So I haven't been able to have the volume on because we're doing this, but I will say that Aaron Rodgers has his shoulder pads off, helmet off, jersey off, all of that, and he is he is sitting on the sideline, and he is not amused, and he is in pain. Like, he, he can't move his right arm. Every time they show the camera on him, he's trying to move that right arm, and he just can't. And I don't think it's an arm issue. I think it's ribs because he, he I was watching earlier, he couldn't even throw the ball a check down uh, to, to Jones. He couldn't do any of that. And so they wow. just kicked him off and said, all right, Jordan Love, you're in. And I tell you what, he's killing it right now. I've been able to watch him. He has improved from the last time we saw him step on the field. It's going to be
0: interesting to see how that plays out. I know that Aaron Rodgers has the thumb injury. We found out he's been playing with a broken thumb. They talked about already shutting
2: him down if they lost his So
0: It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. we got the Steelers and Colts tomorrow night coming up on Monday night. We'll get into our picks later. Uh, Right now, let's talk a little bit about college football. Uh, Wolverines do it. Fuck Ohio State. I love it. It was my favorite win all year. Um, but I want to start off this little college football segment with sending, you know, my thoughts and good vibes to Hendon Hooker. Terrible, terrible injury for a, a Heisman favorite. Um, he would have been against South Carolina there. It, it's very sad to see that happen to anybody, but, you know, a guy that talented doing what he's done for – the entire state of Tennessee this year. I mean, first ten win season for the Volunteers in a very long time.
1: Fifteen, um, I believe
0: fifteen years. That's that's insane. So, hope hope he gets better quick. Um, just awful to see that happen. But with that being said, Matthew Caleb Williams, did he stamp his Heisman hopes last night? Is he is he gonna is he gonna do it? I mean, this USC USC team is impressive.
1: Uh, You know, I, uh, me and you personally have talked about this and I have been riding high on USC since before the kickoff of the very first game. I just, I had a feeling uh, with the coaching staff that was coming over to USC and with Caleb Williams and the fact that they're going to have a better defense there than uh, they did at their previous school. We won't get into that, but, but anyways, I personally am still riding high on USC. I have them locked in in, in my uh, college playoffs, and I, I don't see that changing, especially after the upsets that happened this weekend. I mean, talk about a hard time to be a Clemson fan and an Ohio State fan. I personally love it, but talk about, uh, talk about a hard time being a fan for one of those teams this past weekend. I just want to say it one more time, Alex. Fuck Ohio State. We don't like Ohio State.
0: We,
3: we, don't, we, we do not hold. Michigan busted two nuts that night.
0: Damn right. <laughs> I mean, it was a very, very impressive win yeah. by this Michigan team. And you all know I've been preaching it since before college kickoff. Michigan is the best team in the country.
2: Michigan really could win it all. They, they really could win it all. They've done this without, without their guy. That he, he played uh, – Blake Corum. Blake Corum. played very sparingly, and it's all after the first quarter. But I thought Hardball had this team ready to play. This this moment wasn't too big. It wasn't. They weren't scared to go into the. They weren't scared to go in the horseshoe. Um. It was. It was a. It was a fun game to watch. It was back and forth for, what three quarters. They. Uh, well, I mean, Ohio State will shut down that third quarter, which that's crazy. You look at that Ohio State team, top to bottom on that roster. This is five star after five star after five star.
0: Marvin Harrison Jr. is <laughs> unbelievable.
2: Uh, every time that ball goes up, you're holding your breath. You're like, that dude is a beast, man. And, I, and he makes it look so good, too. He's so fly. It's
0: It's crazy. I, I've got three players here. To watch going forward these are three players who are not eligible for the nfl draft this year these are three players moving forward into next year that i would like everybody to keep an eye on because i'm trying to you know gauge my my talent you know, don't see to to quarterback well i do have a quarterback in here and let's that's where we'll start <laughs> drake may this guy is real this guy on the season 269 of 391, 3,614 yards, 34 touchdowns, and only four interceptions. This guy could have won the Heisman this year. If if North Carolina would have been in better situations, Matthew, Drake May would be your Heisman winner, in my opinion.
3: Absolutely. Uh,
0: The second guy I want you to watch out for is a freshman defensive lineman from LSU. I know LSU took a hard loss this week, ruined their playoff hopes, um, which kind of puts Alabama right back in the thick of things, and we can talk about that in a minute. But who I'm wanting to talk about right now is Harold Perkins, uh, a defensive lineman from LSU. He's got six to 220 pounds. He had seven and a half sacks this year, and he only played about 60% of the snaps on the defensive side of the ball. So this guy's going to be a game-changer moving forward from that edge position, somebody to keep your eye on. And then the the third one we've already talked about him is Marvin Harrison, Jr. I mean, how do you you stop this guy?
2: You don't. You you, you watch what, what Michigan tried to do. They played him very well, as good as you can play him. But he's still going to get his. I mean, he's too good. Too good it doesn't matter what you do. How do you stop Devontae Adams? How do you stop this is the level how do you stop Tyreek? How do you stop Justin And this is the level more higher.
0: Uh you know, more news to talk about from the college football world. Um something I, I believe we we called this way before it happened. I don't know if, if we called it on the podcast or not, but Nebraska did end up hiring Matt Rule. Yes. Which I think is a very good fit for Matt Rule. Um, I would have took
2: my money and went to the house before I coached. Well,
0: he could've he could have, have sent it home for what, like four more years and yeah, made yeah, year forty two million dollars a year or something. He's got something to prove. Well, it it he's a very good coach. It's almost it, it's the next saving thing, right? He it seemed, Matthew, that he wasn't able to have enough control over his players as he's used to and maybe it just got too much for him to handle I know we've seen him talk on the the morning talk show I can't remember which one it was but he kind of talked about how the COVID year played a lot into his success as a coach and not being able to be around his guys and, and how much that affected it and I can definitely see that but I think it's more of a he, he just seems to be a better fit in college football
1: right and, you know, I think uh, time will tell if it's a Nick Saban type thing. We'll we'll let, that, uh, we'll let time dictate that. But I, I do think that there are certain coaches, uh, Steve Spurrier, another prime example, that they, they try their NFL, and for whatever reason, they just can't make that connection in the locker room like you can in college. Uh, and who knows, that connection in the locker room in college might be fading as well with the transfer portal, but that's I think that's a different conversation entirely. I th- I do think Matt Rule's a great hire in Nebraska. Uh, we'll we'll see how that pans out because Nebraska is primarily uh, an I-formation, power-run, run-the-football type of team, and that's not Matt Rule's offense before he left to go to the NFL. I think it might be time that Nebraska does switch up their offense a little bit. I'm not saying that there's one right way or wrong way. But overall, I think it's a great hire, and I think it's going to be two years. But I think we're going to see Nebraska be the top ten football team like they used to be.
0: Well, another person to keep your eye on, Alex, uh, in this coaching changeup that that always happens, Um, a lot of of hype growing that Prime might take a a power five job. Where do you see him going? I, there's a lot of South rumor South build, well, there's a lot of rumors building around South Florida too. Um <laughs> I just think
2: Prime with a, a big name. Well, does school
0: school school South Georgia, Florida kind of fit Dion? Oh, absolutely. I think Georgia Tech. Imagine I'm in Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta that, the talent so, he can get yeah, in the state of Georgia. Great. He could bring Georgia Tech back. Uh uh Colorado, uh, I think Colorado has offered him a job. Yeah. At
2: this point, I, mean, I want to see, I want to see Prime somewhere where he can be. Prime. You know, I want to see him be able to get that talent because the dude can bring talent in. We know that. Look at what he's done. So I, 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 I just I, every time I think about it, I just keep going back to Georgia Tech. That's where I want to see him. So. You know,
0: this says here that he has uh, been offered the Colorado job, um, and he has also entered with interviewed with several other FBS teams here. Uh, the only thing that they had any specifics on though is the Colorado job. I mean, it doesn't. The Pac-12 doesn't seem like Deion Sanders football. It's boring for Deion Sanders, right? Yeah. I, I think I, I think probably.
2: Yeah, yeah. He's gonna he's gonna get he's gonna turn the college football coaching world on its head when he gets one of these big jobs,
0: and it's gonna happen. I agree. Uh, you, you know, he took Jackson State to their first undefeated season ever. College Game Day was at Jackson, State. right? And think about the five star recruits, including his own son. So those those kids are unbelievable. I don't know if you watch much much Jackson State football this year, but I was very invested in it because I love Prime so much. So, just what, what he's done for that whole community in Mississippi, way more than Brett Barb's ever. Done. <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. You know, from, <laughs> yeah. <you know>. So, <laughs> but, you know, I think that wraps up our first segment, guys. Uh, we're going to take a quick little short break here, and we will be back on the other side with all things Buffalo with Matthew Chapman. We'll be back. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed your pee break, poop break, whatever you had to do, get you a beer, get you a shot, Red Bull, you know, something to get you through. Have you
2: ever pooped without peeing? Have you Uh, ever peed without pooping?
0: Yeah, but you don't have anything
2: about it. You don't ever ever poop without peeing. That is true. If you're out there and you have
0: actually pooped without peeing, you're a weirdo. You know who I bet? I bet fucking Bell's Mafia poops without that pit. They gotta hold it because it's so fucking They cold. do. They don't they pull their
2: pants. Yeah, them.
0: exactly. Imagine That's trying cool. to find that thing yeah. as cold as it gets yeah. up there. Well, this is All Things Buffalo with Matthew Chap. The little button up
1: in there. Here we go. Welcome to another episode of All Things Buffalo. You know what? I need to start getting going with this. I need to start getting the buffalo uh, horn going when we start this off. But you know what? Let's start this off right without it. That pass... From Josh Allen to Stefan Diggs with 10 seconds left on Thursday is the turning point in the season. Mark my words, timestamp this podcast, we'll come back later. Buffalo is on the up. Last time we had an episode of All Things Buffalo, I was ready to hit the panic button. I am taking my finger slowly away from the panic button and I'm moving over to the we are on the up and coming. I know that we have had some injuries that von miller injury made my heart stop it literally stopped beating however it started beating again when i saw that it was not a tear it's just him out indefinitely that can mean a plethora of things that could mean that we're not going to disclose to the media how bad it is so other teams can start preparing and running with it it might have been a simple sprain and they're just letting him rest for a little bit so he can come back so the other injuries can come back and so that we can keep this train rolling. Let's get back to Josh Allen. Josh Allen is a leader. Okay. And he showed on Thanksgiving how to play through the pain, (coughs) Darren Waller, Michael Thomas, and he led Buffalo to a much needed victory over a solid rebuilt and rejuvenized lions team that team is solid and they have turned the corner and they're only gonna have good things to come from detroit now on i'm telling y'all the the game in detroit it's changed you can tell that josh allen's hurting you can tell he's hurting the way i can tell it's it's not by the interceptions it's that's decision making you can tell because the little things are just a little off and when you play in the nfl if the little things are off, everything is just going to unravel. Perfect example of this. There was a slant route to Diggs about halfway through the third quarter that he threw behind him. And it was wide open. And you can tell that had he been fully healthy, had his elbow been okay, it was an easy completion but but there is no better combination in the NFL than Allen to Diggs. I'm biased, but I think I'm I think I'm being truthful here. Let the elbow heal and he's going to be fine. I think that that is going to be a lingering injury, but I think that it's just one of those situations where you've just got to play through the pain. And I get it. I get it. I get it. It is easy for me to sit here and say this because I am not actually playing, but Josh Allen can Do it, and he will do it, and I 100% trust in that man. But I've got to get to my negatives here, and I'm sticking to what I said last episode. Run the dang ball. Josh Allen was once again our leading rusher with an injured elbow, and I truly think that that's why we almost blew it against the Lions, and I'll leave it at that.
0: Why are they not getting Naeem Hines involved?
1: I have no idea. Did you see that man on punt returns and kick returns? That dude has got ball carrier vision like something else. It's crazy the way that he sees the field. He needs to get more involved. We gave Devin Singletary the ball 14 times that game, and we gave it once to Naeem Hines that was not a kickoff or punt return, and we gave James Cook the ball three times that game. What? I don't know who the running coordinator is, we've got to figure that out. It is a running back by comedian Buffalo, and we've got to spread the ball around more in the backfield. But, like I said, I'm happy we got the W. I'm going to leave it on that. I'm not going to bring in all the negatives. We got the W against a solid Lions team, and I'm going to leave this with the Buffalo Restaurant of the Week. I've got to do it, guys. For those that don't know, now you know. Anchor Bar. The home of the original Buffalo Wing. It is true. The original Buffalo Wing happened in Buffalo at Anchor Bar, and it is the best Buffalo Wings I've ever had. The best Buffalo sauce, the best blue cheese I've ever had, and that is located on 1047 Main Street in downtown Buffalo. I do not get sponsored by Buffalo. In any way, I am simply just their number one fan. And that concludes this week's episode of All Things Buffalo.
2: Wings and football—that's what Buffalo.
3: you damn right.
0: And they also throw each other through tables.
3: I'm gonna to have to check out that place because my girlfriend loves blue cheese, so we have to get some of that. It's
1: fantastic. It's unreal. And also other things to look for when you go to Bill's Mafia game. They jump through tables. You got to check out his name is Ketchup and Mustard Guy. He's literally a guy that runs around from tailgate party to tailgate party, and you just squirt ketchup and mustard on him. Like, what more do you want? That's it. That's his shtick. These, these, these Buffalo fans, I love them. I love them. They're so dedicated. So
2: different. They're so different than the, it's like they don't even live in the country. Yeah. I love it.
1: They're very One last guy, Davey Pizza Reviews went to him, El Prez, for those that don't know. He actually went to the Bills Mafia game that I was at. And there is a guy, his name is Filing Cabinet Pizza Guy. He literally (laughs) took a filing cabinet and made it into a brick oven pizzeria, and he just serves it at the tailgates. He gave it seven point seven
0: cabinet pizza guy on the show. Filing cabinet pizza guy. If you're listening to this, hit us up on Instagram. Or we want you on this show. <laughs> yeah, we love pizza. We do have our own uh, little bit of copyright infringement from Dave Portnoy. We do do our own pizza reviews. We don't put them out there. But, you know, if you happen to be, I just want to throw this pizza review out there. If you happen to be in the Southwest Virginia, East Tennessee area, there is a pizza place here called Angry Italian. It's unbelievable pizza, it's fantastic. Uh, I know Matthew's tried a lot of pizza. It's in Matthew's top five. So that's saying a lot. That's Matthew's crazy. a traveled man. Do you like the tavern style or the Chicago style? Baby? Oh, Chicago oh, style. Oh, man. Matthew tavern knows style. Man,
2: tavern style
1: is delicious. Unbelievable. But Matthew
0: knows Chicago style deep dish with an old
1: style lager is hard to beat. You can't beat it. I, I, it was beyond hard to beat. You can't beat it. It's perfect.
0: Matthew that was a
1: fantastic
0: Thank segment you. of all things Buffalo as a Miami fan it doesn't feel good that that hopes are high on Matthew's end of the thing of, of the spectrum but we like when you're low well I, I I'm glad Matthew's happy again right it feels it's good to have Matthew <laughs> I, love, I love
2: the bills Mafia. I don't want people to get they get on their nerves but I love them Oh, we well, are so in dedicated. Infinity name infinity, another
0: yeah. name another fan base that's going to go out in seven <laughs> feet of snow and shovel their football players way to the airport. It's not going to happen that's in Dallas. Right. It's not going to happen in New York. Oh, well, I, I think something that needs to be covered um, right now is the World Cup. Uh, very big topic going on right now. Um, a lot of controversy. Uh, with things going on in the country of Qatar, Um no, you have some strong opinions. Well, important just everything that's going on, and I'll, I'll cover it for those of you who do not know. Um, this is the World Cup. This is one of the biggest events ever of all time. Every four years, when it comes around, and I can't wait, cannot wait. Or four, four years, yeah, twenty twenty six when it comes to America. We're going to be in Atlanta. I'm going to have my Pulisic jersey on. I'm going to have fake tattoos. I'm going to be bitching at everybody just like he does. It's going to be an unbelievable. But this is the World Cup. They're not allowing beer to be sold in any of the venues throughout the entire country. There are so many regulations on the fans, on... Couples different over there, beliefs, different, different beliefs, beliefs, different everything. Nothing's allowed. To, why? Why is FIFA allowing this? And I understand, you know, the the commissioner or whatever he is. We heard him come out and say, you know, he wants to put the World Cup in North Korea. Yeah, um, it's the World Cup. I understand that, but this doesn't. This doesn't feel like it belongs right and I, I don't mean that in a bad way but there's certain there's a certain atmosphere that's expected with this big of a sporting event right matthew so when you put these re- regulations on everything that you are and are not allowed to do it's you're still playing soccer or football whatever you want to call it whatever you decide to call it it's 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 soccer um sure you gonna land on one side of the corner right it's soccer but uh you're still you're you're still watching the game it's there's still soccer being played and you heard him come out and say if you can't go four hours without having yeah, that's a drink like, this was Stephen
2: King said on Twitter he's like
0: if you can't go four hours without, or you can't watch the soccer game without alcohol I mean, but it's part of the atmosphere right like you have a certain expectation when you go to a sporting well, event. you know you know Budweiser too. Right. Well they she
2: should said, so they have an entire warehouse. I think it was like seventy five million dollars worth of beer that they had put up for
0: the Ready to go. Ready
2: to go. You know, they're giving it away to the country that wins. Are they ready? They're really? giving it away and they're suing. I, I'm not entirely sure who they're suing. For. Um I, I don't I don't know how that what that process is, who really makes these decisions. I don't know. I guess you could sue it I don't know, but at the end of the day, if this is the World Cup, though, and I don't agree with it either. I think if people want, if you're an adult and you want to drink beer, drink beer. You want to
0: hug your wife on the street, <laughs>
2: Hold hands or you know, your wife or your husband or your partner, whatever. But, you know, you have to understand that not every country holds the same values that we do. Not everybody looks at everything the same, whether that's right or wrong. And people look at this country and probably we have a lot of problems, obviously. But if this is a World Cup, we have to be inclusive of everything that all these different countries and understand that it's completely different. If you want to argue that you shouldn't go to one of these countries, then that kind of takes the spirit out of it being a World
0: Cup. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. I agree. It just, it, it feels like there has been more Controversy than probably wanted, right? Well, they waited. You notice they waited till what the week before
2: it started to announce all these, right? They, oh, were, they were smart now. Right. They done it.
0: Well, one one good thing you know, I'll take away is you know, we somehow lost the Welsh, very upset about it. We don't like the Welsh around here, you know. I'm just getting out, and I don't have no problem with any, you know, it's two happening. things I hate.
2: World. It's uh, people who are intolerant of other people's cultures. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, you know, we, we did take a tough loss to Wales in the first round, but, you know, it was a zero zero game, but we did tie England, who was an absolute unit. I mean, they always are a fantastic soccer team. So I, I believe we do have a little hope moving forward. We do have to beat Iran. I don't think it's going to be too much of a problem? We should win that. We, we should. I mean, it, it's – They proved the, – the biggest thing in, in the, with England that, that
2: I could gather was they had to prove that they could play. They could actually play in that game. They couldn't – they weren't just going to be a small man.
0: And I think they've done that. Well, uh, another thing, too, um, you know, the controversy with Ronaldo this week um, – Mutually deciding to part ways with uh, Manchester United, right? Uh, he's playing for Portugal in the in the World Cup, but uh, club wise, he, I believe he, they they decided to mutually part ways. Um, I haven't got all the full story. I know Matthew, you uh, you keep up with the World Cup quite a bit, so give us a little rundown on on that if you know anything about it and everything else going on around the world in the World Cup.
1: Yeah, so I know that the details as to why he parted ways with the club has not, to my knowledge, actually hasn't been released yet at the time of recording this podcast. Uh, who knows? It, it, it might be a money issue. It might be a, it, it's time for him to move on and form a super team with uh, Mbappe. I mean, who knows, honestly. I, I would do getting into uh, the World Cup. I think... <laughs> That on November 23rd, we saw one of the biggest upsets in World Cup history, and that is Japan over Germany. I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch that game, but Japan is not well known in the soccer world as a dominant country when it comes to soccer. Uh, And for full discrepancy, uh, I, I don't really know that they ever have been. Uh, but we'll, we'll just talk about the current few years right now. They had four shots on goal, okay? Two of those were scores. Two of their four shots on goal were scores. That is unreal. That is unheard of. To put that in perspective... Germany had 24 shots, and they only converted one into a score. That's where they lost right there. That
0: is unreal.
1: That is unreal. Four to 24. And it also calculates into their possession percentage. Germany possessed the ball. I I think the stat is 70 to 75% of that game. Actually, no, I've got it right here. They possessed the ball 72% of the game, and they only had one point. And they, all, and they had 24 shots. That is why they lost. That's the story right there. I I honestly think... I don't think I'm blowing that out of proportion. That that might be the the greatest upset in World Cup history within the past decade or two, honestly. Let's keep talking about Japan. They were then supposed to cruise past Costa Rica, especially after the, mo- the momentum from beating Germany. And then Belgium also... I thought they were going to bounce back after playing poor against Canada, but neither one showed up, and they both lost, which left, I think, the door wide open in both of their respective groups. But here's another team that I think might surprise a few people. Germany is still more than alive. There is so much more work to be done. I actually have in my finals, I'm not sure if you guys did a bracket or not, I do. I think it's pretty fun. If you haven't, there's still plenty of time because there's a lot of group play going on still. My final is Germany versus Canada. I think I think Canada, their midfield. you think Canada's
0: got the squad this year to go?
1: I do. I think that their midfield is unlike anybody else in their respective group, and I think that they still got time to pull it out. I know that they tied against uh, Spain today. Um, but that that kind of keeps them alive. I still think that they got time to pull it out. Uh, what's y'all's thoughts? What, what's your thoughts on the rest of the world and the World Cup?
0: Well, more of a question for me, as you know, I am a, a new World Cup fan. Um, very, very fun to watch. It's, oh, it's, a blast. it's exciting. It's a blast. It is absolutely electric. Um, but things that I know from the past, things that I've read so far, uh, it kind of seems like, you know, Brazil might have a squad. I mean, is is that right, Matthew? Or Brazil? Or are, are they, should they be a favorite to win?
1: Yeah. So, in my opinion, that's the best defense in the World Cup. I mean, to put that into perspective for you, they beat uh, Serbia two to zero. Serbia had zero shots on goal that game. Zero in in a ninety-minute play setting plus stoppage time. The the extra time that they allocate after that zero shots on goal and Serbia is a good team They're not great, but they are good To allow a team of that stature to have zero shots on goal and they possess the ball route I think it I think it was 40% That's unreal. I think Brazil has the potential to go all the way especially my favorite player on that uh, team his name is Rick Carlson He's my favorite. He's one of my favorite players in the World Cup. Definitely, if you guys are looking for a player to follow other than, uh, you know, Mbappe, uh, Ronaldo, people like that, look up Rick Carlson for Brazil. He's going to blow your mind.
0: Well, uh, I know Spain um, had a pretty convincing win. What was it? Seven to nothing over Costa Rica? Yep. Um, so Spain seems to kind of be a powerhouse from, from things that I've read. Um, Another team that uh, kind of has my attention right now um, is France. Uh, I know they kind of started off slow
1: against Australia. Uh, that, you know, it, go, t- go ahead. Now, I'll tell you one thing about France. You, if you guys don't know anything about Mbappe, you need to look into him. He is the best player in the world right now. I Right now, at his age, and as young as he is, He's the highest-played player in the world, in soccer-wise, and he's the best player in the world right now. I mean, when when he has the ball, when he possesses the ball, in my opinion, it's must-see TV. You, you just sit back and you, and you watch it. He is so good. He has the field vision that Steve Nash did in the NBA. The passes he makes and the shots he takes on goal, its it's unlike anything that I've seen since Ronaldo and Messi in their heyday.
0: Well, uh, how old is Mbappe? I, I know there's a lot of hype around him. That's somebody I've been watching pretty close throughout this whole thing, and you know, every everything that Matthew just said there is everything that 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 you read anytime you look him up. So I, I'm curious as to how how you because I know I know You're they ready for your start mind? at an unbelievable age, right? They start at seven, eight years old.
1: Yeah, you ready for your mind to be blown? He's twenty. Yeah. 20 what 23 wow and he's playing That's on stage at this level
0: well another team that i know that um was a lot of people's favorites going in was the netherlands um they did get the win they got the job done against uh senegal two to two nothing but it kind of seemed a little slow for them don't you think
1: I do. That was slow, but I'm telling you, the way that this is, the way that the pacing is in the World Cup, just because you start slow, in my opinion, I think it's the exact same way as the NFL in the playoffs. You start slow, you start building it. The one thing where I think it's different in soccer than the NFL, you don't necessarily rely on your defense unless you absolutely have a superstar caliber defense like Brazil. You 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 rely on your midfield in the World Cup. That might be a hot take for those that know a little bit more about soccer than I do, but I'm going to rely on my midfield because they are the ones that traverse the ball up and down the field. They are the ones that allow for that possession time to go up, and they are the ones that get it to your star players like Mbappe to allow you to be in the the best position to win the games.
0: All I know is Christian Pulisic is
1: going to shake his dong on every other country
0: in the world and the US are pretty much just gonna bring it home. I mean you gotta you gotta bring America it home. America. It's it's America. USA US you know, what I'm talking about stuff so. it's it's gonna be fun to watch. It's gonna be great to see how it plays out. It's gonna be electric. Uh once we get to the end of this thing, I'm gonna be watching very closely, like I said, come twenty twenty six, I'm gonna be front row, shirt off, chest painted we will have Oh, we will have beer. There will be $70 million for that much. Abs In Atlanta yeah. alone. Yeah, 100%. Talking about needing a bad win. You're up. one nothing, 1-0. One oh.
2: that's, that's how we roll.
0: Corey, you ready for this? I was born ready. This is part two, episode two, take two, whatever you want to call it. This is Sabotage, baby, and I'm back for the win.
3: All right, I am going to reread the rules every single time we play this, so you're reminded, and anyone who's listening that is a new listener or just happened to miss the rules, uh, you know, just just get a refresher on it. So, all right, you (laughs) let's try again. All right, you need god goddamn it, (laughs) Neanderthal. I just going to skip that. Here's the rules. (laughs) My brain's not working. Each player needs a pen and a paper. There will be fixed multiple choices, questions A through C. You will start with 100 points and you wager however many points per round after the question is read, 100 points being the max. Here's the catch. One of the questions doesn't have a correct answer, which you write sabotage. But, uh, uh, but be, be cautious because you can only write sabotage once. And if you get it right, you get 100 points. You get it wrong. You lose 100 points. Let's play Sabotage. Here we go. I am very excited for this. I want to pull the
0: comeback here.
3: Oh, yeah. Alex is up 1-0 on Matthew Knox. Question number one. During a 2009 regular season game, the Eagles and Raiders had an animal come onto the field. That was not planned as a halftime joke and it stayed in the lane during a kickoff as a defender. ESPN even made a stat for it. What animal was it? A squirrel, A, a cat, B, or a pigeon, C? Yeah, I miss Alex. All right. We're going to go in order from Austin, Alex, to Matthew, and reveal your answers and the points you wrote down. I chose B,
0: a
2: cat. I wagered three
0: points.
1: All right. I went pigeon, and I wagered 10
3: points. The correct answer is C. Pigeon.
2: Oh! Matthew! I thought, I thought for sure oh, it, was it was a cat. A cat. I remember there, there was a game with the cat. There was
3: a game with the cat, but this specific game had a pigeon, oh, and I swear to God, it went down the lane, guess, and they had a stat, like, for its height, it was, like, it was, it was fucking hilarious. You need to, y'all need to look that up. All right. Question. Good job, Matthew. Question number two. Other than winning MVPs, Aaron Rodgers has hosted Jeopardy! He's also been tested on a game show. Which one was it? A $1,000 pyramid, B Family Feud, or C Wheel of Fortune? Reveal your answers.
0: I chose C, Wheel of Fortune. I only wagered ten points because I'm not very familiar with this. Well, I said A. $100,000
2: $100,000 pyramid, is that right? Maybe $100, yeah, $100,000 pyramid. <laughs> um, I wagered
3: <laughs> 10 points. 10 points. Okay, Matthew.
1: I said family feud, and I wagered 10
3: points. So we're all split here. The correct answer is A, the $100,000 pyramid.
0: Oh. <laughs> That was a tough one. I, 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 oh, I no. honestly, I've never even heard of that show. <laughs> You've never heard of it? It's been never around since the seventies? Is it like Cash Cab? Because Cash Cab's the best TV show. that's ever like
3: been Where do I find that? <laughs> the Game Show Network. I want to Check see. Checking at two o'clock. You He's know time. I, I
0: want to keep. I'm, I'm not even
3: <laughs> Question number three. This is a doozy. I hope you all are ready for this one. The 1953 Maryland Terrapins outscored their opponents 298 to 38, recorded six defensive shutdowns, and were selected national champions. When was the last time they were ranked in the top 15? A, 1953, B, 1999, or C, 2003? That's a tough one. That is a tough one. Shout out, Marilyn. To his brother on there. Can you give us the answers one more time? A, 1953.
0: B, 1999. Or C,
2: 2003. I chose B. And I wagered 10 points. I'm saying
1: sabotage. Matthew? I said 2003, and I wagered 10 points.
3: All right. The correct answer is C, 2003. Oh, they right. started the season with uh, ranked 15th. That's tough. That's tough. now. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, you never know. You never know. Question four. Stephen F. Austin and Northern Arizona University share an interesting choice for a team name. What are they called? A, the Purple Eagles, B, the Space Cadets, or C, the Geldings.
0: And I just won the game. I chose Sabotage for this one.
2: I went with the Purple People Eaters. <laughs> <laughs> and I wagered uh, 50.
3: Points. I said Sabotage and I wagered 20. You don't have to wager on the sabotage, uh, okay. Matthew. You'll just get an automatic hundred because the answer is sabotage.
0: Yay! <laughs> Damn it. None of those team names sounded anything real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just gonna be honest. That, I was like, nobody, nobody's taking those
3: team names hey, ever. <laughs> the real team name are the Lumberjacks.
0: Oh, the Lumberjacks. <laughs>
3: Hey, I mean, I had to come, come, to come up with that. There was actually a team called the Space Cadets, I think. Is either the Space Cadets or the Purple? Maybe not. I don't speaking know. I might have fucking made it all up. I don't speaking remember. Speaking of
0: teams with the Space Cadets, we, we got to talk about those uniforms. Those were sweet uniforms. Yeah. Those, those NASA helmets were absolutely sick.
3: Question number five. Madden video games have been around since 1993 and played a big part in all of our lives on this podcast. Which of these players has not been on a cover of the game? A. Barry Sanders, B. Ladainian Tomlinson, C. Dante Culpepper. Ladainian Tomlinson. I can never fucking say his name. It's the mouth every time. I don't know if yeah. it's like the way the vowel rolls or what, yeah. but I can never fucking say his name.
0: What were the answers one more time? <laughs> I just I just what was what was what was C
3: again? <laughs> Barry Sanders with Daniel Tomlinson or C Dante Culpepper.
0: I went with C because Dante Culpepper was on 2K05. He was not on, on a Mavic. And I wagered hundred points. Uh I
1: went with Bill, okay. uh, I also went with 10. 10. <laughs> what'd you say, Matthew? I went with uh, LaDainian Tomlinson, and I wagered 10. The correct answer is
3: LaDainian Tomlinson. What
0: What year was Culpepper on? Oh, I was thinking of Donovan McNabb. Donovan Donovan
2: McNabb was
0: on
3: two games. Yeah, 2007 was on Culpepper. I'm sorry, excuse me. LaDainian Tomlinson turned down. To be on the cover in 2007. I think Culpepper was an 03. Yeah, well, yeah. Don't you put that
0: evil on me, Ricky? You know you? The, the game I'm talking about, though. NFL 2K5 had Donovan. Yeah, it was, said, yeah, it's, it was it.
3: NFL game day.
0: No, oh, no, you're thinking of NCAA game day. That, day.
3: It, He was on 05, but it was
2: Madden. Oh, do you remember the one that had Jerome Bettis on it? He was like NFL Head game Coach. breaker or, or something like that game day. It was it was game day. Are you
3: sure? I'm almost positive. I don't remember. Anywho, this is the last question. Y'all ready for this one? Da, 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 yeah. In 1976, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had their first season. While the creamsicle uniforms and helmets were cool, in my opinion, they sucked and didn't win a game. They're dumpster fire. The QB had a completion rate of 50% with 7 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. Who was it, Craig Morton, Steve Spurrier, or Jim Plunkett? I
0: took A, and I wagered 30 points.
2: I also went A, and
1: I wagered 50. I'm going Steve Spurrier, and I'm wagering 30.
3: Correct answer. From right down the road, Steve Spurrier so B.
0: Hard,
3: yeah. <laughs> I think we know who won today.
0: Oh, well, I ended up with ten points. That's another loss for me. Congratulations, <laughs> well, man. I'm, I'm, I'm too
3: devastated. <sighs> I really was. Matthew, happy. I mean, did you have like 100? hundred? Like
1: no, plus? I ended up with two hundred and sixty because I got the one hundred for the
3: um. Bam, two hundred and sixty. Was... So you got the high score. Yep. And now you're uh, one on one. You're tied for first.
2: Congratulations, Congratulations, Matthew. When you get big enough, we start winning. When you get big enough to be done for. It. So
0: we're, <laughs> we're Congratulations, Matthew. You can take this victory and shove it right up your ass. Oh. With that being said, we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we've got. Alex is just mad. We're just going <laughs> to leave it at that. And we're going to be back in five minutes. Welcome back. If you've made it this far with us, we really appreciate you. Uh, I know we get a little crazy sometimes, but we have a good time doing this, and we can't thank you all enough for tuning in. With that being said, don't forget to like and subscribe the YouTube channel. We got um, – Some card videos out if you're into sports cards, into the hobby. We got a lot of good things going on, don't we, Matthew?
1: Oh, absolutely. And we just put out a new video right now where we hit a 2021 Panini Playoff Mega Box. Everyone go check out that video at Foul Language Rips. Actually just had another video go pretty viral. Uh, We're really proud of that. So check us out.
0: Also, don't forget to check us out on Twitter. Two separate Twitter pages. If you're just here for the podcast, we thank you anyways. At Twitter pages, Foul Language 01, right, Alex? I know you run that. Yeah, yeah.
2: That's I
0: foul uh, Instagram, Corey, that's at Foul Language Rips, yeah. correct? You run the Instagram page. So that's Foul Language 01 on Twitter, Foul Language Rips for the YouTube, the Instagram. And we're also on Facebook. <laughs> now guys we're getting out there we know the zuck pretty personally he he is he is a robot by the way for anybody wondering he's not real he's not human
3: he looks like a reptilian yeah he does (laughs) sorry to god one day there's gonna be some tentacles come out of his eyes
0: well here it comes i think this is gonna be a a fan favorite. I know it's one of my favorites. Um, Without further ado, the number one, you hear me calling my favorite asshole in the world. That's because he is my favorite and he is an asshole. This is Alex's Weekly Rant Part 2. Take it away.
2: Well, you know, I woke up this morning and I felt like I had Some it's you know we celebrated our Thanksgiving the day where everybody had to work so I should have woke up happy, thankful. But no, I woke up this morning ready to fucking pile drive the stingray that killed Steve Earle. That's how fucking pissed off I am, and I'm gonna tell you this right now: if that little bastard is still able to swim around in the ocean free and do whatever the hell he wants, then. I guess it's okay that Colin Coward is still in in the sports media world. You fucking weasel. Let me tell you something, Colin Coward. <laughs> I'm usually not a violent person, but I'm I'm, gonna, I'm just, just I'm tired of all the passive aggressive bullshit that ESPN and all these people put out there. So I'm just going to tell it like it is. You are a pathetic excuse for a sports journalist. You are a pathetic excuse for a personality. I can't stand the sight of you. You want to know his hot take, his recent hot take was that Tua and the Dolphins are the 49ers, that Tua is Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, let me ask you a question, Colin Coward. How many times has, has Jimmy Garoppolo ever seriously, legitimately been in the conversation for MVP? How many times has he ever led the NFL in any major statistical category that a quarterback should be leading the league in? I'm going to give you the answer. Very simply, it's the same amount of orgasms that a woman has ever had who's went to bed. It's zero. Nice. It is zero. So if you want, if you want to get real into it. He's a, he's a shock media journalist. That's what he is. All he does is say the most thing to get him the most views or the most listens or the most likes on social media. He has no real thoughts. And, you know, what's even more concerning to me is that people are going out and listening to him. Do You remember the lady years ago who called him in? You could tell she was a real heavy smoker. You could call him a cow turk. He is a cow He's a pathetic excuse for a human being, and I can't stand to look at him. I can't stand to hear him. ESPN is paying him millions of dollars to be on here Two is Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, this is just the most recent of his bad takes. Everything that this man spews out is a joke everything that he says you can about guarantee that it's going to come it's going to be the exact opposite of it i can't stand this man okay let's let's break this down a little bit let's go into this real particular hot take tua is legitimately an mvp candidate he refuses to give credit to anybody that he doesn't deem to be social media worthy so okay the first quarterback that he ever mentions when he is talking about a successful quarterback in the NFL, do you want to know who he mentions? Joe Burrow. That's his standard for quarterback. Joe Burrow's is a great quarterback. But I'm going to tell you this. If you can't even accept the fact that somebody that's outside of your realm of possibilities that is a good quarterback, that they're actually good, if you can't accept that, you don't need to be in the sports media world. You can't be this type of journalist where you're just going around and saying all these stupid, pointless things. You know what he is? He's a stain in the underpants of sports media. He's a joke. He's a joke, and I I, I can't stand all these guys. Me and you, Austin, have talked about these guys on here. They go on and they have these horrible tapes. How can you be in sports media for this long and be this bad at your job?
0: You know, not to interrupt you in in the middle of this here, but uh, to your point – We talked about this the other day, right, with somebody who I I have a very strong opinion about. I could make my own rant up about this is Chris Canty and Chris Carlin. They're the same way. Do these guys get paid to come on here just to piss people off?
2: That's exactly what they get paid for. ESPN has turned into this, this world where the most important thing is to get the views. We don't care what we put out there. We don't care that what we say, we actually have to stand behind. It doesn't matter, and it's not just because I'm a Dolphins fan that I'm I'm annoyed beyond belief with Colin Coward. It's everything. Look at the take he had on Michigan. They went. He wanted to throw it up and simultaneously throw it up that Michigan beat Rutgers. He put a, a tweet out about how, oh, it must be so terrible to have to go play. Nobody wants to go play Rutgers. Harbaugh really had his team, and it was such a sarcastic tweet. Well, I'll tell you what. How about me and Kevin Durant hates him too? Well, Kevin Durant hates everybody. He's a little like me. Mean, I feel like me and Kevin Durant will get along. But me, Kevin Durant, John Harbaugh, we're all going to get together and start an I Hate Colin Coward fan club. And, you know, if you want to join, you give me a call. I'll be, you, there. You, you, be there. You'll be I'll there. Be, I'll be there as there. well. Yeah. Uh, he, he He's so ridiculous. It is beyond belief that this man still has a job and that there are people out there taking time out of their precious day to listen to this nonsense and i hope he hears this i hope he hears this because you know he might beat the fuck out of me but at the same time you know what i'm i'm better looking than he is and what's he gonna say oh you've not accomplished anything well i haven't accomplished anything but i tell you what at least i can look in the mirror and not you Fucking ass. I wish I, I wish I was better at cussing like Gordon Ramsey because I feel like I would have a lot to say to this man. And that's my rant for the week. I'd like to get your opinions on maybe maybe I'm just angry. Maybe I'm just an asshole. I know
0: I'm an asshole. No, you're you're exactly right. You're exactly right. These guys, how can you call yourself an expert when the takes that you put out on national television? are historically terrible takes. How does he still have a job? Look
2: at the, the pages, the, the like hour long videos. People hate this man so much. They th- Matthew, you know how long it takes to make a YouTube video, okay? These hours. people have went out and taken hours of their day to make videos of all the bad takes that Colin Coward has made. It's ridiculous, people hate him that much. How can you be that bad and still have a job?
0: we we've talked about it how many times before this is this is a guy who let's just be honest the best part about his show is getting a look at joy taylor
2: the best part of his show is when it fucking ends. <laughs> That's the best part of his show okay I, I think
3: the route that they go is it's like almost like wwe like they're they're heels That's and more people are going to tune in to someone they don't like to hear what stupid shit they can, the garbage that just comes out of their mouth instead of someone they do like. There's going to be people tuning in to people they do like, yeah. but the, the majority of people are going to listen to the one they hate to see how much more they can hate that person.
2: You're exactly right, and that's all. He's, he's a shock journalist. Yeah. he's a shocker. Hey, he, he's not good at giving the shocker, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Okay, that lady, you remember that video, right? Okay, when he was running one of his historically bad takes about Alabama. Alabama's terrible. You don't like the fucking SEC? Well, okay, that's fine. You don't have to like the SEC. Oh, well, he loves Ohio that. State. Oh, yeah, yeah. Michigan goes and plays Rutgers. Oh, let's make fun of them, but Ohio State does it, or Ohio State plays their weekend schedule, and it's it's all oh, we got to get down on our knees and worship.
3: Santa Cruz Community College. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, that was a fantastic rant. Oh, boy,
2: that lady, if she wants to come on the show and me and her can bitch about, yeah, if she's sitting here and smoke stogies together. Her, I love the old, the old, boy, you know, the old smoker voice. Yes. If, if she's still out there and she wants to come on the show, we'll do a whole segment on how much we hate
0: Colin. Absolutely. And I just want to throw this out there that if you do start that hate club with Kevin Durant, I want to be involved. Just
2: to see what Kevin Durant. Well,
0: not not as much to hate on Colin Coward, but just to see Kevin Durant's feet in person. <laughs> I knew you were <laughs> going to say it. that.
2: Was, uh, was Olive, Olive Garden bread oh, God, breadstick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got like a, a two inch wide by like 24 inch yeah. long foot.
0: Yeah. Insane. He wears 17 inch super narrows. <laughs> <laughs> love was a, you, KD. Love you, KD got to get out of brooklyn though man you got to yeah. get out of brooklyn what's what's going on in the nba right now like i i know the parody the parody of it is amazing it's crazy i was going to say the nfl's
2: full of parody. well the nba's works
0: it's crazy the nba's heating up hockey's heating up you know pushing the playoffs in the nfl the playoffs are coming up in college football there's A lot of big stuff coming up. (laughs) A lot of big stuff coming up. Well, a new segment we want to get into. And this is, you know, this is for us. We are very competitive people around here. We enjoy good competition. That's why we love sabotage so much. So we're going to start a weekly foul language pick 'em. We're also going to keep score with this. Uh, just to see how everybody's accuracy is. And maybe you can get an idea of, you know, whether or not you can take our takes to heart or not, because, eh, you know, <laughs> it's, it's here a lot of bullshit, you know. So well, how about we kick off some picks? Uh, ending up week 12 right now. Uh, we, Like I said, we've still got the game tomorrow night. Um, it's going to be... Should be a pretty good game. I mean, get to see Jeff Saturday again. They should have beat the Eagles last week. It's going to be exciting to see. Just wrapped up the Sunday night game, the Eagles take home the victory over the Packers, 40-33. to I just got the notification a few minutes ago. Uh, we talked about the Aaron Rodgers injury earlier. Um, he says he's going to be ready to play next week, so it must have not been too bad. Um I guess we'll see moving forward, but let's get into these Week 13 picks, Corey. All
3: right, guys. Who uh, who do you got for Buffalo at the th- uh, Thursday game? It's Buffalo at New England.
0: I took Buffalo in this game. Um, I've got them winning 17-10, to 10, and that's just because it's a divisional game, and we talked about how good this New England defense is. Buffalo takes the win. They're not. I, New England's offense is not going to be able to get it going enough to beat Buffalo. Uh,
2: that's the thing. And if uh, I also took Buffalo 28-17. If this game wasn't played in New England, I believe this would be a lo- much larger uh, spread here. But I, I like Buffalo in this one going on the road, divisional game. It's Josh Allen, man, what can you say? He's that good. He's the man.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've also got uh, Buffalo over New England, uh, 21-13. I I think if this was in Gillette Stadium, just like you guys said, this would be a blowout. I think uh, what's going to shock a few people here is Ramondre Stevenson is going to carry the Patriots, and it's going to be a game kind of similar to last year with a lot of running. Uh, It's not going to be both teams in the mid-20s. I've got Buffalo.
3: Y'all hit it for me too. Uh, New England's offense can't roll and Buffalo's does 24-7 Buffalo. Uh, Sunday, uh, starting with the 1 o'clock matchups, we got Pittsburgh at Atlanta.
0: Yeah, I took Pittsburgh in this one. Um, Atlanta's not a bad football team. Let's just go ahead and admit it. Uh, They're not a bad football team. Marcus Mariota, if he can get going, he's, he's not, but When he plays bad, right, Atlanta struggles. So it's just like everybody else. Marcus Mariota, if he's on. Atlanta's not a bad football team. But I got Pittsburgh starting to make a little bit of a comeback. Kenny Pickett's starting to heat up. George Pickens is unbelievable. Um, Yeah, uh, T.J. Watt's back.
2: Did you uh, see the interception? Yeah, yeah, I
0: love it. This, this team's on, on the up and up. Pittsburgh, they'll miss the playoffs, but I've got Pittsburgh winning this one 24-21 in a tight contest.
2: I actually took Atlanta in this one. I took Atlanta 27-10. to 10. Um, I, I think Kenny Pickett is still going. He's going. He could possibly be a good quarterback. I think he's got a lot of growing up to do. Um, I, I just I like Atlanta's ability to run the football, control the clock, probably have some turnovers in this game, give, give them some short-field position. Like I said, though, Marcus Mariota is not the problem in Atlanta. I don't know exactly what it is, and I don't know how to fix it. It's
0: a lack of talent Yeah, everywhere
2: sure, else. Sure. It's, a, it's a hard-nosed football team. It really is.
1: I've, got, uh, I've also got Atlanta. I've got them 23-20, and I think what they're going to try to do is try to uh, limit Pittsburgh's ability to create pressure on Marcus Mariota and put them in third and long situations. I think this is going to be a heavy, heavy running game, heavy out of the pistol game. Uh, I think that Pickett has the ability to have a nice two-touchdown, 250-yard game, but I still got Atlanta
3: 23-20. I I agree with Austin here. I think Pittsburgh is uh, getting a little flame. Uh, 21-14 on the road. Uh, next game, we got Green Bay at Chicago.
0: I got Chicago 17-9. to nine. And if you would have asked me before this Sunday night game, this pick would have been different. But Justin Fields is going to run all over this defense, and that's going to be the game changer for Chicago here. You know, they, they had the problems, the <clears throat> quarterback. Problem today, we didn't know who was starting until the game started. But you know, Chicago is another one of those teams. They're not a bad football team. Maybe. They're scrappy. They're 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 going to stick around until the the clock hits you know zero the whole game. And I just think Justin Fields. You know, we asked the question last week: Is it panic time for Green Bay? Well, it is now. It is. It's panic time, and they might be cooked. And Justin Fields is going to run all over this defense. I got Green Bay 17 or Chicago 17-9, sorry. Let me, let
2: me say this much, okay? Aaron Rodgers has been the daddy over the Chicago Bears for his entire career, has he not? Chicago wins this football game. 24 to 23. Okay. I am on the Justin Fields train. Finally, it's taken me this long and fought you all on it. I'm ready to I'm ready to get on there. When he's in the game, this is a really hard football team to beat. And the way Green Bay sits right now. I like Chicago. This is in Chicago.
0: The last thing Green Bay needed was another injury
1: to Aaron Rodgers. Yes. All right. I'm following you guys, but I'm going even more crazy. I've got Chicago 21 to three. Wow. Wow. That's a hell of a pick, Matthew. I'm going to. Here's my prediction Fields is going to absolutely kill it. He is going to read option them to death. He is going to use up that clock. He is going to limit whoever the starting quarterback is, whether it's Jordan Love or whether it's Aaron Rodgers, he's going to limit their ability to be on the field. When they are on the field, you've either got a Jordan Love, who in my opinion for this next game is going to give you the better shot, but who hasn't had those first team reps yet this whole year, or you've got a banged up Aaron Rodgers. I've got Chicago 21-3.
3: I picked uh, Chicago earlier in the year, but I'm sticking with Green Bay now. I'm going to flip it. Uh, I just think that, I don't know, they'll figure it out somehow. Uh, 17-10, Green Bay. Uh, Next game, Jacksonville at Detroit. Not a whole lot to talk about
0: in this one. Um, I think this is two teams that are also scrappy. They could win any game at any time, but I've got Detroit winning this one uh, just because they're going to be able to outscore Jacksonville. I've got them winning 28-24. I have
2: Jacksonville. Based on what they've done today against the Ravens, I like the comeback. So I'm taking Jacksonville 21
1: to 20. All right. I'm going crazy again. I watched Jacksonville against Baltimore. Tre- Lawrence turned it on. Like he is here. There were some questions about if Trevor Lawrence was going to be able to step it up in this year and whether he, he's going to be able to take over and take this football team to new heights next year. I think I saw it today.
3: I'm going to say Jacksonville, 35, Detroit, 28. I think this will be a pretty fun game to watch. Uh, both teams, I feel like their offenses will probably play pretty good. But I've got Detroit, uh, 27 to 24. Uh, next game, we're still in the 1 o'clock games. we got the Jets at Minnesota. Yeah, this one kind of seems like an easy one for me. Um, I do think the Jets are still
0: going to be able to put up points. Uh, but I've got Minnesota winning this one, 38, 24.
2: Also have Minnesota winning. I don't have it as a particularly close game. I uh, got Minnesota, a high-powered offense, thirty to twenty.
1: It's the battle of current Kirk Cousins versus the new coming Mike White. Kirk Cousins. I've got the Vikings thirty. I've got New York three. I, I think Mike White's going to choke next game.
3: And you really hate the Jets, don't you? It's New York football. They're a New York football team that plays in New Jersey. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that being said, I also have the Vikings 31-21. Next game, we got Washington on the road. They're going to go up against the Giants.
0: Divisional game. Don't know if Chase Young's ever going to play football again or not. Seems like he's a healthy scratch every week, but it is what it is. I got Washington winning this one 13-10 in a close divisional game.
2: I'm gonna get off my ass with these picks. I also got Washington. I thought I was having some hot takes, but apparently not. Uh I like this team. Ron Rivera's personality the way he is, because coming out in this team, he's tough. He's no he's this is a this is a tough football team to go up against. I like Washington twenty one to
1: thirteen. Yeah, I'm following with you guys too. I'm going Washington. I think it's gonna be a lower scoring game. I've got Washington fourteen, New York ten.
3: I also think this is going to be a low-scoring game, but I'm going on the opposite side. I've got the Giants, and they're going to stand strong, 17-13. Uh, next game, we got uh, Tennessee at Philadelphia. Game of the week for me. Uh, Braves has got
0: his boys, you know. This is going to be a good game. I mean, I, I don't know what more to say about it. This is going to be a good game, but I do got – Philadelphia victorious in this one in another close battle, twenty four to twenty one.
2: Philadelphia in situations like today, they they get a lead, they lean on that run game. Uh, we will, I want to see I want to see Jalen Hurts in a situation where he's playing from behind, and I think that's going to happen this week. I got Tennessee going on the road and beating. Philadelphia,
1: wow! Twenty-four to twenty-one, Tennessee gets right back into the. Field. Wow, that's a big. That's a. All right, I'm following Alex. I've also got Tennessee. I don't think Tennessee is. I think they're going to get out really quick with Derrick Henry, and I don't think Philadelphia is going to be able to stop them. I've, I've watched Philadelphia the past two games, and they've kind of, yes, they've been able to score a lot of points. But that defense has been struggling lately. I've got the Tennessee Titans 31, Philadelphia 21.
0: The thing about this Titans defense, too, is this is a defense that's going to hang around for four quarters, and they are going to make you give every ounce of effort that you have yeah. to beat them. This is a team that can wear you down and
3: we'll win, win late win in, in ball ball games. games. We'll Damn right. Yeah, I think uh, the Titans, they've got it figured out whether they win or lose, and it could be luck. I don't know. But I think Derrick Henry comes to play, 24-21, Titans. Uh, Next game, we've got uh, Denver at Baltimore. This is kind of a
0: no-brainer for me. (sighs) What's going on in Denver? What's going on with Russell Wilson? I've got this is the biggest blowout of the week for me. I've got Baltimore winning 35 to 10. I also have
2: this is a big blowout. I didn't, I took 30 to 10. Baltimore
1: rush, man.
2: It's been a rough one.
1: (laughs) I've got the exact same thing. I've got Baltimore 35 10. I don't know what's (laughs) wrong with Russell Wilson.
2: (laughs) We might not be right, but we're thinking the same thing.
3: In sync. Yeah. It's just like Stone Cold Steve Austin said, they're going to stomp a muddle up in his ass. 37, Baltimore.
2: Everybody had, had Baltimore going over 34, <laughs> 30 points at least in
3: this game. Uh, next game, we got the Cleveland Browns
0: at Houston. A lot to talk about in this game. Deshaun Watson is going to be on the field, supposedly. I mean, uh, I guess he's going to be the starter. Revenge game? Question mark? It's,
2: it's, uh, that's a revenge game.
0: So I'm gonna surprise you here. I've got Cleveland winning, but only winning 17 to 13.
2: I actually I have Cleveland winning too. Uh, that, that, there's not a whole lot you can say positive for that Houston Texans team. Uh, I I do think that Cleveland would win better in this game or win by a larger margin if Jacoby Brissett was playing, which he probably won't if Deshaun's able to go. I got
1: the Browns 24-17. I've got this one a pretty low-scoring game. I mean, Deshaun Watson has been out almost two years, maybe right at it. There's no 700 days. 700 days, yep. And I don't see him coming back in, uh, you know, throwing for four touchdowns or anything like that. I've got this a really low-scoring game. I've got
3: Cleveland 10, Houston 7. Uh, Yeah, I don't think Deshaun's going to do much, but it's going to be the Nick Chubb show, and I'd say Deshaun will kind of turn it on later on just because Houston's not good, Uh, 31-10 Cleveland. Uh, We're going to start the 4 o'clock games here. We got Seattle at Los Angeles Rams. As if they weren't already dead enough, this is going to put the Rams –
0: completely sure. it, it's it's over for the rams after this game geno smith's gonna do his thing kenneth walker will continue to eat seattle's gonna win this one 21 10
2: uh seattle also Just not much you can say about the rams 20 to nothing shutting out
1: i've got this one a little bit lower scoring than you guys i i also have uh Seattle winning, but I think it's going to be Seattle uh, 17, and I've got Los Angeles at seven.
3: Um, I've got it more higher scoring, uh, probably a little bit closer, uh, but I still have Seattle 34-27. Next game is probably the game of the week, in all of our opinions here. We've got Miami at San Francisco.
0: I know I've got this one as the highest scoring game, and a very close game. I know, said Philadelphia and Tennessee will probably be the game of the week, but this is definitely one you want to watch. I've got Miami winning this one in a close contest, forty-two to forty-one.
2: Damn it! That's what I've got. Uh, 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 I love the pick, and I'm also going with Miami. I can't, I can't pick against Tua and, and that offense. Uh, also, a close game, 31-28
1: Miami. I've got the exact same thing as Stanley. I've got 42-41 Miami over San Francisco. This is – I'm going to go ahead and compare this, okay? I'm going to compare this uh, to the Los Angeles Rams and Chiefs game of 2018, I believe it was. I don't know if you guys remember. Very good game. What was it?
0: There was over 100 points
3: scored in that one, right? 500 yards, yeah.
1: I think this is going to be the exact same thing.
3: Yeah, we talked about uh, the 49ers having probably the best defense, but I don't think they can stop Miami yet. Uh, 37-21 Miami. Next game is probably another good candidate for a game of the week, in my opinion, and it's just not because it's my favorite team. But we got – not Kansas City, by the way. We got Kansas City at my favorite team, the Bengals. Uh, I've also got
0: this one in a very good game. I think this is, this is definitely a game everybody's going to want to watch. Um, These are two playoff contenders. One of them is absolutely a playoff contender. I've just talked about how Cincinnati's starting to heat up, Uh, but I'm going to break your heart a little bit, Corey. I've got Kansas City victorious in this one, 35-27.
2: I think this is a close game. Um, I I think, Ben, it is Cincinnati, and it's a late start game for Cincinnati, maybe feeling some pressure, so... Uh, maybe Kansas City comes into this a little lackadaisical or something. You know, maybe they're feeling good. So, But I still have Kansas City winning a close contested match 24-21.
1: I've got the opposite of you. I've got Cincinnati 24, Kansas City 21. And here's why. I watched Patrick Mahomes today f- for a little bit. Uh, I think I was able to catch the first quarter of that game. He was slow starting out. I admittedly, I'm not sure what he did the rest of that game, but here's why I'm saying this against Cincinnati. If he's slow starting out against that Cincinnati Bengals defensive front, it's only going to lead to more problems and frustration for him, and that's why I've got Cincinnati on top.
3: Uh, The thing with me with Cincinnati is they're also a slow starting team. Yeah, their defense is great, but their offense, too, is also a slow-starting offense, but you didn't break my heart, awesome because I got Kansas City winning 24-16. Some more revenge on them. Uh, next game, the last 4 o'clock game we've got is the Chargers at the Raiders. This one,
0: it I feel like it could be close. Uh, I don't have it that way. Um, I, I feel like this Chargers defense is still good enough. Uh, right now, I know they're kind of a question mark, but this Raiders team is just bad. bad. I mean, they're very bad. And that's why I've got the Chargers winning 31 17.
2: 28 21 Chargers. But the storyline for this is we would mark this game early in the season as one of these games that we could not wait to watch. Mm-hmm. And it's not played out that way. 28 21 Chargers.
1: I've got uh, Chargers 38. Las Vegas, 21. I think it's going to be a high-scoring first half, and Chargers are going to keep it going second half, and the Raiders just simply can't keep up.
3: I agree. Just a couple players on each team that you're just kind of okay to talk about, but nothing special. 31-24 Chargers. Uh, Last game for Sunday, the 8 o'clock game, we've got Indy at Dallas.
0: Yeah, I've got – I know we talked a lot of shit about Dallas, uh, but they're not – they're not going to get beat by Indianapolis, are they? No. Uh, I've got Dallas winning this one 42-13. A pretty big blowout. Da-
2: Dallas, Dallas handles
1: their business here. Keeps keeps rolling 34-20. Yeah, I've I've got uh, Dallas 42, but I've got Indianapolis uh, hitting 21 against them, but nothing too special, yeah.
3: Yeah, I got this game a little bit closer than you guys, and it's, they're both teams are under 20, but I've, I've got Dallas 19-17. And the last game of the week on Monday night, we've got New Orleans going to Tampa Bay. Tom Brady, divisional
0: game, prime time, at home. What more do I got to say? Tom Brady wins 27-24. This,
2: this, every team in the NFC South is under 500 right now. 17-14, close game, Tampa.
1: I don't know why since Tom Brady has been a Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the New Orleans Saints are his weakness. I think that had a little bit more to do with Sean Payton, but he still struggles against them. I've got New Orleans over Tampa Bay
3: 14-13. I think uh this is where we see that Tom Brady's still going to make his playoff run and uh he, you know, come, like you said, New Orleans has kind of had his number lately, but He's breaking it, and uh, they're gonna almost shut out New Orleans, twenty-one-six, Tampa Bay. Well,
0: it's Going to be interesting to see how how it plays out. Good I know line
2: up, good
0: lineup of games. It is. We, we a got a lot, lot
2: of
0: really a lot, a lot a lot of similar picks this week too. So, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. So let's talk about fantasy a little bit with this week thirteen schedule. What's some matchups that you're looking forward to? Uh, you know, fantasy owners, maybe maybe give us a little bit of stardom, sit them for this week 13.
2: I'll start out. I very rarely do I feel as comfortable with the defense as I do starting Baltimore at uh, Denver uh, at home uh, against this very. Why is Rush turning the ball over? What, what is wrong with his hands? He can't hold on to the football. You want, you want. Points on the defensive side
0: of the ball, which are hard to come by, I think this is going to be the game for that. What about you, Matthew? What uh, what what fantasy matchups are you you pointing out this week? What are you liking?
1: I tell you what, this might surprise a few people. Maybe not. <laughs> I don't know why. I promise, I do not hate the New York Jets, but I'm starting the Vikings defense this week. I just I don't see the Jets going off against them like they had the ability to do this past week. I'm starting the Vikings defense this week.
0: Oh, something that I would like to, to throw out there, um, with Arizona and Carolina being on by this week, uh, might be some people out there maybe looking to pick up a quarterback. Um, you know, people that could be available in your league right now um, – Jared Goff could have a big Jared game Jones. against Jacksonville. Uh, he's also he Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence also still out. right, uh, but you know another name for quarterback I want to throw out there uh, just because of the way he's been playing up to this point. Taylor Heineke might not be a bad addition if you're looking to replace Kyler Murray for his bye week. Uh, it's
2: it's it's thin out there. It's it's thin out there, but especially like I said, replacing Kyler Murray. Just looking looking at it right now, right here off the top of my head, I don't think Mariota's a bad start. Uh, Golf is definitely my waiver wire quarterback pickup of the week for the people suffering from the Kyler Murray,
0: Kyler Murray. What what about people um, like myself who have have dealt with you know Dallas Goddard's injury at tight end Matthew is there anybody specific you're looking out there that could be on the waiver wire that might be a a good streaming option at tight end this
1: week I do I've got local boy James Mitchell if I think that if you can pick him up I think he is going to be able to not only replace what TJ Hawkinson did but also in the long run uh, might be much more because he's much faster and more agile than hawkinson was there is no reason why shout out to james mitchell there is no reason why he can't become that new wide receiver tight end that we talked about but you know we've we've had the advantage of watching him over people that might not be aware of him because he is from our hometown I, I've got him as a solid waiver wire pickup. I don't think he's a lock-in and, you know, don't worry about it, but I think he's going to be a solid waiver wire.
2: I got Foster Moreau. Uh, look at look at the stat line today. Three receptions, seven targets, 33 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Darren Waller's cooked. I mean, this isn't a great team. Somebody besides Devonta Adams has to catch the ball. So I, I like Foster Moreau. He's probably available in your league.
0: I want to couple, talk about a couple halfbacks here. Um, we've been talking about them for a couple weeks. Uh, if Rashad White is still available in your league, go pick him up as soon as possible. This guy could take over the starting spot in Tampa Bay. Uh, watching him two weeks in a row, in a row with that lead role, he's been special. Um, and this is a no-brainer. <laughs> if you're not starting Tony Pollard, what are you doing? I mean, he disappointed a little bit this week. He still got the touches. Zeke's just getting the touchdowns. So let this work itself out. You start Tony Pollard week in and week out. Well, let, me, let,
2: me, let me say something. We'll talk about what to do. I'm going to you what not to do this week. Don't go pick up Deshaun Watson and start him. Don't, just
0: don't do it. No, don't do it. it's not a good idea. It's really not. Um, Any other fantasy <laughs> advice you want to throw out there, Alex, Matthew, Corey, yeah, before one. we wrap this thing up?
1: Yeah, I've got one, and I'm, I'm going to do it as soon as we end this podcast, actually, because I was able to watch him. If Travis Etienne is still hurt, go pick up Jermichael Hasty. That, that dude is so fast today. He went off today. And as, as heavy as they are on the halfback game, you know, if you're in a PPR league, Jermichael Hasty's the way to go.
0: Well, you take that fantasy advice and you run with it, and if you lose, do not hit us up in the DMs. We <laughs> do not want to hear about it. With that being said, I believe that wraps up this third installment of Foul Language. Don't forget to check us out on all of our socials at YouTube, on YouTube at Foul Language Rips. Twitter, the podcast page is at Foul Language 01. The Instagram and the Twitter for the card page is also at Foul Language Rips. Give us a like and subscribe. Follow us. Don't forget to check us out on our new podcast where me and Alex talk about... that. Pretty much whatever we want to talk not about, really. You know. Not sports. Yeah, not sports. So uh so
2: if your girlfriend's listening to this and she hates it, she might
0: like it. Yeah. You know, tell her to tune in. Why not? Why not us? You know? Yeah. DM us. <laughs> foul language, foul language oh one, foul language rips. Don't forget to follow us. Like and subscribe. If you're liking what you're hearing, please keep coming back because we are gonna keep pushing this out. Shout out to our new studio. We haven't talked about this. We worked hard on this this week. Um, Hopefully the sound is a little bit better in here. Um, We're still working on a lot of things. We appreciate you being patient. This has been Foul Language from your host, Austin Stanley. Love you guys.